Chair Staff is ready when you are. Thank you very much. Uh, well, good evening, everybody, and welcome to today's Planning and Design Commission meeting. The date is Thursday, December 8th, 2022, and the time is 5.31 p.m. The meeting is now called to order. Madam Clerk, would you mind please calling the roll to establish a quorum? Yes, thank you, Chair. Commissioner Boyd? Commissioner Buckley? Commissioner Chase? Here. Commissioner Coville? Here. Commissioner Lindsay? Here. Commissioner Macias Reed? Here. Commissioner Pluckybaum? Here. Commissioner Yee? Here. Commissioner Young? Here. I see Commissioner Buckley. I didn't hear you before, but is your mic working? Here. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, Vice Chair Wallace? Here. Chair Hernandez? Here. You have a quorum. Thank you very much. Uh, a few brief housekeeping reminders um, as this meeting is being held virtually via Zoom for members of the public who wish to join, you can find a, a link to the Zoom uh, chat on the agenda online. Once you've joined the meeting and wish to speak, please use the raise your hand feature when your desired item begins in order to join the queue. We'll first hear from a staff on a presentation, then applicants will have an option to do a staff uh, excuse me, presentation followed by commissioner questions. After commissioner questions, we will open up the public comment period where the clerk will call upon you to speak. Um, clerk, I'm getting a little bit of feedback. Is that just me or can we double check the audio? I'm sure we can have our IT department check. Thank you. I'll continue on with the uh, public comment instructions. So if you're, if you're calling online, Click on raise hand on the bottom of your screen. In the mobile app, you can raise your hand by tapping the raise hand option in the more tab. And if you're calling in via telephone to raise your hand, dial star nine. You can mute and unmute yourself by dialing star six and speakers will be called by using the last four digits of their phone number. You will have three minutes to make your voices heard. Members of the public may also submit written electronic comments for the record. An email address and a link to submit your comments are also online and available on the agenda. As a reminder for folks logged on to the Zoom meeting, please also use the raise your hand feature for any questions or comments at the appropriate time. And for members uh, of the commission, please turn on your cameras. Um, there are no changes to today's agenda. However, as noted on the agenda, two items will be continued. Item number three, which is the Bell Avenue Commercial Center, will be continued to January 12th. And item number six, the Sacramento Music Hall, will be continued to January 26th. I will announce those in the order for which they are listed. Um, this commission has heard or previously watched the first two items on the agenda uh, for prior meetings. So we are aware of those discussions and context and we'll do our best to move smoothly and efficiently through today's business. If needed, we'll take a short five minute break. So we can now proceed on to the land acknowledgement. Please rise for the opening acknowledgement in honor of Sacramento's indigenous peoples and tribal lands. To the original people of this land, the Nisanon people, the Southern Maidu, Valley and Plains Miwok, the Kutu Yimkin people, and the people of the Welcome Rancheria, Sacramento's only federally recognized tribe. May we acknowledge and honor the native people who came before us and still walk beside us today on these ancestral lands by choosing to gather today in the active practice of acknowledgement and appreciation for Sacramento's indigenous people's history, contribution, and lives. Thank you. Please remain standing for the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States. 
uh, you may be seated. Thank you, everyone. Uh, our first order of business is approval of the consent calendar, uh, which includes the draft me meeting minutes from our November 10th meeting. Madam Clerk, are there any members of the public who wish to speak on this item? Thank you, Chair. We do have two members of the public with their hands raised. Oh. Um, our first speaker is Daphne. Daphne, it's your turn to speak. Can you please unmute? Yes, I'm sorry. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Okay. Um, I was just saying, Madam Clerk, I'm not sure if um, the committee received a written document that was sent to the city clerk concerning item number five. I just want to verify that that's in your packages. If not, I need to have that done on items not on the agenda. Thank you for your comments, Daphne. Um, material did go to commissioners earlier today, and I do not know if, um, off the top of my head, if yours were included. Okay, thank you very much. So, Madam Clerk, um, for item number five, this is the 7909 Bruceville Road. Can staff double check and let us know uh, when we get to that item if Daphne's comments were included? Yes, we can do that. Thank you. Um, do we have more public comments on the consent calendar? We have no additional hands raised. Thank you very much. So commissioners, please use the raise your hand feature if you would like to comment on the meeting minutes or make a motion to approve. Um, Commissioner Lindsay. I'll move approval of the consent calendar. Thank you very much. We have a motion by Commissioner Lindsay, and I see Commissioner Buckley with his hand raised. Second. And a second by Commissioner Buckley. Any additional questions or comments? Seeing no further hands raised, um, Madam Clerk, will you please call the roll for the vote? Yes. Commissioner Buckley? Aye. Commissioner Chase? Aye. Commissioner Coville? Aye. Commissioner Lindsay? Aye. Commissioner Macias Reed? Abstain. No one's not here. Commissioner Pluckybone? Aye. Commissioner Yee? Aye. Commissioner Young? Abstain. Vice Chair Wallace? Aye. Chair Hernandez? Aye. Motion passes. Thank you very much. The next item is item number two, director's report. Back to you, Stacia. Right. I, and I have no items for the director's report this evening. Thank you very much. This uh, no vote is required. Uh, this is item is for receiving and filing. So we'll move on to the public hearing agenda, which is we'll start with item number three. Again, as a reminder, Bell Avenue Commercial Center P20-016 has been continued to not January 26th as noted in the agenda, but January 12th. So we'll move on to the next item, which is item number four, 1717 Kathleen Avenue Cannabis Delivery and Manufacturing CUPs. P21-039, and again, this item was continued from the November 10th meeting. Commissioners, if you have any disclosures or recusals, please raise your hand. Commissioner Colville. 
Um, I met with uh, the applicant at the property uh, a while back and I received emails. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Colville. Commissioner Yee. Uh, I too also received uh, email. Thank you, Commissioner Yee. Commissioner Lindsay. Uh, I too uh, met with the applicant um, when the item was first brought before the commission and received emails. <clears throat> Thank you, Commissioner Lindsay. Commissioner Young. Uh, I also met with the applicant the first time it was presented at commission. Thank you, Commissioner Young. Commissioner Lindsay, it looks like your hand is still raised. Um, we'll think that was unintentional. Thanks. Uh, Vice Chair Wallace. Um, Vice Chair Wallace, if you're speaking, we can't hear you. Wait. Okay, we'll give it just a moment. How about now? Loud and clear. Go ahead. <laughs> I met with the applicant uh, during the first or before the first hearing consistent with the staff report and also exchanged emails. Thank you, Vice Chair. And I too want to restate as others have that I visited and met with the applicant prior to the first hearing on August 25th. I also watched the September 22nd hearing as I was absent from that hearing. Um, I don't see any additional hands raised from commissioners, so we'll move on to a staff presentation. Uh, Robert Williams is the staff presenter today, so whenever you're ready. Okay. Um, hi, uh, commissioners. Commissioners, I'm Robert Williams with the Community Development Department. This is P21039. Uh, we presented this project first on August 25th, 2022. Staff presented this project to the commission with a recommendation of denial. The commission voted 93 to continue the item and directed staff to re-notice the project and return to the condition, commission with conditions and findings for approval. Um, we re-noticed the project for a September 22nd, 2022 hearing. But at that hearing, the applicant requested continuance to October 13, 2022, which was granted. At October 13th hearing, um, staff presented the commission with the findings to approve the project while staff continued to recommend denial. At this hearing, the project did not get the necessary seven votes to approve the project. The commission then voted to continue the item to an undetermined date. On uh, October 28, 2022, we, we noticed the project for November 10th hearing. At the November 10th hearing, um, staff presented commission with the findings and fact, facts and conditions. And um, the applicant requested a continuous to December 8th, which was granted by the commission. And now staff again presents the commission with findings fact to either deny the project or approve the project and staff continues to recommend denial the project as indicated in the staff report and that's that's all i have the applicant is here for any questions and so much thank you 
Thank you, Robert. Um, would the applicant Scott like to make any comments or presentation? Yeah, good evening, everyone. It's nice to see you all again. And thank you so much um, for the opportunity. I would like to go over just an abbreviated version of the original presentation that I shared. There's not any additional content, but just cutting it down for the sake of time. Um, given as Robert has stated here, it's been some time since the initial presentation and I uh, just wanna remind everyone where it is that I'm coming from and what it is that led to the initial uh, nine, nine, two, 9-3 vote. So this is for 1717 Kathleen Avenue. Uh, my name is Scott Lockwood. Um, this is properly zoned as MT industrial and transit area meeting the guidelines um, for a CUP. It's a 9,000 square foot building, but we're only looking to take up uh, one unit at 2,400 square feet. Um, the purposes of the location would be for micro business, um, but not including cultivation. So there's no odor that'll be permeating throughout the neighborhood around us. There is no storefront, so we are not generating um, any customer foot traffic. And the type of manufacturing that we're focusing on is solventless live rosin manufacturing, which is a mechanical process of extraction with heat, water, and ice. Um, only to point out that this means there will be no chemicals on the premises under pressure or flammable items uh, that would give any reason for concern on storage. Um, just to go back to the building though, a lot of the questions come up about why District 2? There's been a lot of controversy around this area, this street maybe in particular. And as I pointed out before, a lot of the time when you're not the owner of the property and you're looking to try and secure a place to do business, it comes down to the relationships that you have with the people um, owning the building. And over time, I've come to build a strong relationship with this building owner, and I trust that person um, will be willing to work with me as we look to grow this business. Um, I'm also very familiar with this area growing up, and my uh, mother and father-in-law, they live three minutes away from this location. So it's also just um, an area that I've become more and more comfortable with over time. To that point, you know, there's been a lot of discussion in the neighborhood in particular about what is it that the, the, the neighborhood wants? What is it that the community feels, right? And I know in the past there's been a lot of opposition, but I wanted to find out for myself, right? So I walked around the neighborhood. I uh, introduced, rang doorbells and knocked on doors and introduced myself to everyone surrounding me in a 600 foot radius. I was able to secure 28 signatures from residents that live within uh, 600 feet of the building. I also reached out to the Hagenwood community at large that the building is located in and made contact and got approval and support from 17 additional business owners and operators in that local Hagenwood neighborhood. Taking it out even further to District 2, I reached out to the greater business community and <clears throat> got support from 26 additional business owners in District 2. On top of that, um, I have taken it upon myself to join the Hagenwood Community Association, and um, I'm now a dues-paying member. I was able to get signatures um, and attending a lot of those meetings from seven of the uh, community association members, including the president and the vice president, all coming out for a total of 78 signatures in support of the CUP. And with that, I also want to point out that, you know, Robert reminded us, we've had several re-noticings of this 
And from that, we've heard very little, if any, objection, right? Those things have kind of waned over time. And I think a big part of that is because on this street in particular, they've shown that all of the initial concerns they may have had about what cannabis would bring to this neighborhood simply haven't come true, right? And we're seeing that this road, as many of you have seen when you come out, is actually very well maintained um, and intentionally so, so that we continue to be a positive to the community and not, you know, adding to blight the way that it's been for some time. So the three focuses that I had for my message um, over overarching is the new information for new decisions. And this is based on the um, Sacramento Comprehensive Cannabis Study that was paid for by the city last spring. Um, and it comes down to three topics, community effects that I've kind of touched on, saturation concerns, and then city benefits, which I'll probably touch on less for the sake of this conversation. In terms of community effects, three of the direct quotes from the EPS study chief findings, cannabis business, businesses have not had a negative impact on nearby home values. Cannabis businesses have not created increase in crime beyond levels generated by other businesses. And cannabis businesses have not had a negative impact on other nearby retail or industrial uses. From a saturation perspective, I know on this street in particular in District 2, there's been a perception of oversaturation um, some of the interesting findings from the study pointed out that although there may be a perception of saturation, quote, it is likely that the market will shake out over time, and it may not be necessary or productive to place barriers on these uses. An example they give is in District 6, um, while they've been granted the total space used for cultivation, the actual business operating permits um, have that well below the cap at about half of the total allowed squared footage. And with the increase in opportunity in other districts in Sacramento, the, that additional demand for meeting that saturation cap is probably not going to happen as there's, there's more opportunity about. From a floor area perspective, there's some things that I wanted to point out in particular. In district two, only two and a half percent of the total industrial floor space is actually taken up for commercial cannabis. I believe previously I've heard that you know, concerns of reaching somewhere about 10% of the total cap might be somewhere considered in the range of saturation, so, or oversaturation. So I think this was a surprising number for a lot of people. And the square footage that I'm asking for, of you know, roughly 24, 2,500 square feet would bring that to 2.51% total space in District 2. So I'm in no way making a significant impact in that oversaturation number. Um, the existing cap on delivery only dispensaries has been allowed to expire now. So they're, from a saturation perspective, that should be less of a concern. And uh, I forgive, uh, forgive me if these decisions have now been um, reconciled, but the city council at one point did direct PDC to consider removing distribution um, from current uses subject to cap, leaving only cultivation, which I'm not actually looking for in this request. Um, just to reiterate, here is that figure showing the two and a half percent of total floor space in District 2. District 2, this is from that study that we mentioned. Um, from the bird's eye view, I also wanted to point out here that of the existing locations across the street from me on Kathleen Avenue, uh, and I think Robert pointed out there's even one more to the left that had applied at some point, no more than 32% of the total square footage that has been approved via CUP has actually come to be, has become an actual operating business with an, a business operating permit. So again, the, the idea that it's oversaturated may be 
a bit over exaggerated. It is subjective, but I just want to point out that everything across the street does not mean everything there is operational. Um, again, just from an industry function perspective and from an oversaturation perspective, um, District 2 actually has less delivery licenses than District 4 and District 6. Um, and again, existing delivery caps have um, been allowed to expire. Um, Perception-wise, distribution, according to the study, compares favorably to cultivation if there's a need to limit uses. And that um, was recommended to be removed subject to cap. And then overall, manufacturing is not really considered um, a concentration issue, right? And with the amount of space needed to do that, it, it's not really adding to significant square footage the way that um, cultivation would. Here's that uh, diagram again from the study showing that there are 10 deliveries in District 2. There's actually 11 in District 4, 34 in District 6. These numbers again may have changed with other approvals, but this is what was um, based on the study that was provided for City of Sacramento. Um, city benefits, a little more briefly, um, economic stimulus generated by cannabis has a multiplying effect throughout the local economy. And the potential does exist to leverage competitive advantages and extracting that maximum benefit. Um, I think geographically located Sacramento is very competitive to take advantage of uh, the growing industry. So with that, here's just a brief summary of a lot of what I touched on. Ultimately, I've been a resident of the greater Sacramento area living all over this area since we moved here in 96. As I pointed out, Skip's Music right down the street from this location is one of the first places I ever made friends, uh, friends that I still have to this day. Um, I'm not a major, major corporation with outside money from other cities and outside interest here trying to do some sort of cash grab. I'm just trying to start a business in an industry that I truly care about. And I can't thank you all enough for the time and, and going through this iterative process. Uh, so that's all I have. And again, thank you all. I appreciate it. Thank you very much, Scott. So we will now uh, move on to commissioner questions. Commissioners, if you have any questions for staff or the applicant, um, now would be the time to ask. I don't see any hands raised from commissioners for any questions. So we will move on to the public comment period. Um, I first wanna acknowledge that the commission received and read nine e-comments online before 5.30 p.m. today. Um, all five appear, excuse me, um, they all appear to be in support. And we'll double check if there are any that came in after 5.30. Um, it looks like there weren't. Um, so we'll make sure that we also hear from um, members of the public who are present here today. Madam Clerk, are there any members who wish to speak on this item? Yes, thank you, Chair. We do have members of the public with their hands raised. Our first speaker is Mike Snell. Hello, Commission. Can you hear me? We can. All right. Uh, good evening, everyone. My name is Mike Snell. Uh, I'm a member of, uh, of, of CORE. I'm also one of the 10 applicants that will be opening a storefront here in Sacramento. Um, I had made a comment before um, on the previous uh, meeting um opposing and i just want to reach out i just want to correct myself uh scott you gave a really good presentation you corrected me on things that i was definitely misinformed on 
um, uh, in particular in regards to the saturation. Um, and again, my main concern when and when opposing before was mainly I have to support for we're in a <clears throat> we're in a tough fight of our own, just trying to get established, getting the getting getting the the real estate um, grants funding. I mean, you name it. Um, but from this presentation, it like I said, I'm I'm a man that that'll admit when I was wrong, um, and I definitely support what Scott is trying to do, since there will be no issues in regards to saturation, and this shouldn't affect any future core applicants that are also applying in the area. Um, so I appreciate the information that you provided, Scott. Great job on your footwork, going door to door, belly to belly with folks, um, and I, I would love to work with you here in the near future, um, especially with the, the manufacturing. Um, in addition, I can appreciate you come from Sacramento. You're not uh, a corporation, um, you know, doing crony capitalism. Um, you're just trying to get in the industry that's obviously being taken away from us that are trying to do the right thing in the industry. So I fully support Scott in his, uh, in his application for his delivery and, and micro business. Thank you. Thank you for your comments. Our next speaker is Daphne. Hello, Madam Chair, can you hear me? We can. Yes. Okay, I had a question um, concerning uh, business ratios within District 2, cannabis ratio compared to other retailers. And I'd also like to understand the um, notification only being 600 feet. In some cases, from one side of the sidewalk to the other, you don't really speak to other individuals and not residents outside of the area. So my question right now is for the planning committee. Can you look at um, a couple of things when it's dealing with cannabis in neighborhoods? Can you look at contamination, water contamination, if there's any impact there, water usage, if there's any impact there as well, given that we're in a drought situation um, and an agricultural activity. Uh, I know that delivery doesn't deal with agriculture, but I'd like to know if there's any contamination that happens within the sewer system, because I know that there's some restrictions for coffee shops and restrictions for car washes where they have to keep their uh, sewage separated from the rest of the water line. So I'm just curious if you have any data or history on that information. And then I'd also like to understand the level of uh, contamination that comes from the cannabis business in industry. And I'd like to make sure that we have um, distance between the different businesses. Uh, I think item five is going to bring up that it's less than a mile apart and you're going to have two dispensaries within the same um, corner block along with four tobacco stores and a gun store. So I'm just looking at a lot of um, tobacco, alcohol, and gun uh, uh, firearms that are being placed in various neighborhoods, particularly in District 2, District 6, and District 8, and now District 5. We've been redistrict, but we're still District 8 um, if you look at distance between businesses. So I, I need you guys to focus on that in the future when you're approving these uh, requests. So thank you very much for your time. Thank you for your comments. Our final speaker is Heidi. 
Hi, can everyone hear me okay? We can. Okay, great. My name is Heidi. I am with Presidential Garden. Uh, we are a cannabis project management compliance licensing company uh, that focuses on just cannabis businesses. I would like to state I do not know Scott. I have watched a few of the hearings and I fully support what he is doing and the, um, the integrity that he carries. This is the type of operators we want to see in this industry and especially in Sacramento. I'm a huge advocate for the industry and definitely support um, what his team is looking to do for us. On top of that, I'd like to just make a quick comment as I am familiar with uh, construction of the cannabis industry cultivation specifically, and that's where we'll see a lot of the water usage and water waste. Um, I just wanted to inform our water waste is required to be reclaimed, filtered, or uh, stored and then tested before it is uh, disposed down our public drains. So with that said, we are trying to keep our facilities safe and our neighborhood safe. So on that, again, I fully support Scott and I appreciate everybody's time. Thank you for your comments. And we do have one additional hand. Our next speaker is user Samsung SM. Hi, everybody. My, this is Junid. Um, I'm the property owner. Can you hear me? We can. And anyway, um, I know there's been a it's kind of strange how there was all this opposition to this and by the planning department. Um, I've owned this building for a number of years. My late husband built this building originally. I've lived next door to this property on Kathleen Avenue over the last 20 something years. I don't currently live next door now, but I still live in the city. I've always, I grew up in the city and um, I've been involved before with the planning of this light rail overlay, transit for livable communities. And, and a lot of that just indicated they wanted to do what they wanted to do and they didn't care about the property owner. I'm not a large, massive property owner. I'm just a small, and I support small businesses. I've been approached before by bigger businesses. I didn't want to sell my building but I want to support a small business. And all along that street, all these deep pocket big boys have come and got all these approvals. Now you have somebody in small business trying to make something and do something, which I believe in Scott, and therefore I'm willing to. And the difficulty in renting a lot of space, if maybe you don't know, is if you have a federal loan, you cannot lease your property to cannabis. Fortunately, I don't have that problem, and I can, but you're – but not approving me and rolling all these deep pockets to people that came in from out of town and giving them all approval for cannabis just doesn't seem reasonably fair. And I think Todd is going to do a good job, and I think people understand in our neighborhood that we've worked hard to keep it clean and done a lot of work with it. And I don't think cannabis has affected it. Actually, it made the street a whole lot quieter. So with that, I really going to try to have you know, asking you to please consider in approving this. It's not like I asked him for my whole building. This is going to have a chance. He doesn't work. It doesn't work. But people deserve a chance, especially now. Thank you very much. Thank you for your comments. Chair, we have no additional speakers. Thank you very much. So um, we will now close the public comment period and bring the discussion back to the commission. Commissioners, um, would any of you like to ask any additional questions, make comments? or now would also be the time to make a motion. 
I see Commissioner Pluckybaum with his hand raised. Thanks, Chair. Consistent with my comments from the previous meetings, I just once once again want to say how exceptional an applicant I think Scott is, and in no way will my motion reflect my opinion of Scott or this project. I am confining my decision here to Title 17, the land use, which is our purview in the Planning Commission. I genuinely think Scott has demonstrated exceptional uh, uh, diligence and, and hard work in this project uh, and, and should be applauded uh, for his hard work. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm still going to move uh, staff's recommendation for denial. Thank you, Commissioner Pluckybaum. We have a motion on the table to deny, excuse me, to approve staff recommendation to deny the project. And we have Commissioner Yee with his hand raised. Thank you. And uh, again, consistent with my comments and votes uh, in all the previous opportunities to review this project, discuss this project, uh, I will second that motion. Thank you, Commissioner Yee. So we have a motion and a second to approve staff recommendation to deny the project. Uh, we also have uh, a hand raised by Commissioner Chase. Uh, Chair, I will uh, hold my uh, comments uh, until the, uh, the the motion and second uh, have been uh, addressed on the table. Okay, thank you, Commissioner Chase. Commissioners, any additional questions or comments? Seeing none, Madam Clerk, will you please call the roll? Yes. Commissioner Boyd? No. Commissioner Buckley? No. Commissioner Chase? No. Commissioner Coville? No. Commissioner Lindsay? No. Commissioner Macias Reed? No. Commissioner Pluckybaum? Yes. Commissioner Yee? Yes. Commissioner Young? No. Vice Chair Wallace? No. Chair Hernandez? Aye. Motion fails. How many votes were, oh, excuse me, yeah, thank you. So we have a, a motion failed to deny the project. Um, I see Commissioner Colville. Chair, uh, consistent with my comments from the last meeting, um, I will move to approve uh, the applicant's um, application. Thank you, Commissioner Colville. Commissioner Chase. Uh, I'd like to uh, second Commissioner Colville's motion. Thank you, Commissioner Chase. I thought I saw an additional hand raised. We do not have additional comments or questions from the commission. So we have a motion and a second to deny staff recommendation and approve the project. Madam Clerk, will you please call the roll? Commissioner Boyd. Commissioner Boyd? I'll come back to Commissioner Boyd. Um, Commissioner Buckley? Aye. Commissioner Chase? Aye. Commissioner Coville? Aye. Commissioner Lindsay? Aye. Commissioner Macias Reed? Aye. Commissioner Pluckybaum? No. Commissioner Yee? No. Commissioner Young? Aye. Commissioner Boyd? There we go. I guess it was me that was frozen. 
uh, uh, yay. Vice Chair Wallace? Aye. Aye. Chair Hernandez? No. Motion passes. Thank you very much, Madam Clerk uh, and Robert and Scott, congratulations. We will now move on to item number five. Thank you all so much. Thank you, Scott. And uh, Commissioner Boyd, whatever you can, please turn your camera on. Uh, we are now on item number five. This is 7909 Bruceville Road, proposed storefront dispensary, P22-020. Commissioners, any disclosures or recusals? Commissioner Colville. Thank you, Chair. Yes, uh, I met with the applicant at the uh, site. I've had many, many emails. Uh, I had a phone call with a representative of the uh, um, facility around the corner, the rehab facility around the corner, uh, all consistent with staff's uh, report. Thank you, Commissioner Commissioner Young. Uh, I have to also had a conversation with the applicant and multiple emails consistent with the staff report. Thank you, Commissioner Young. Commissioner Pluckybaum. Conversation with the applicant and staff consistent with the staff report. Thank you, Commissioner Macias Reed. I too met with the applicant and um, uh, had various emails and also um, a phone conversation with representative of the uh, detox facility. Thank you very much, Commissioner Macias Reed. Next, we have Commissioner Lindsay. Uh, yes, I've uh, um, had conversations with the applicant and received emails from members of the public consistent with the staff report. Thank you, Commissioner Lindsay. Commissioner Yee. I had a conversation with staff and also received numerous emails in support and uh, otherwise uh, on the project, all consistent with the uh, staff report. Thank you, Commissioner Yee. Commissioner Boyd. Thank you, Chair. I'll be uh, on video momentarily here. And I have received uh, numerous uh, emails in support of, uh, of the uh, applicant, actually um, both uh, support and uh, oppose. And I have had a conversation with one of the supporters uh, consistent with the uh, staff report. Thank you, Commissioner Boyd. Vice Chair Wallace. I met with the applicant. I've also had a conversation with um, one of the leaders of the uh, group sort of advocating on behalf of four applicants. And I've received numerous uh, emails from the opposition in support consistent with the staff report. Thank you, Vice Chair. Commissioner Buckley. I've received uh, numerous emails uh, consistent with the staff report. Thank you, Commissioner Buckley. Commissioner Chase. Similar to Commissioner Buckley, I also have received uh, numerous uh, emails, both uh, in favor and opposed to the uh, staff report. No actual communication with the applicant. Thank you, Commissioner Chase. And I, too, uh, will had several received several emails uh, in support and opposition, an email from members of the community and uh, email from the applicant. Uh, however, I was not able to have communication or meet with the applicant beyond that. Um, thank you all very much. So we'll move on to staff presentation. Robert Williams, when, whenever you're ready. Uh, good evening, Chair Hernandez and members of the 
Planning and Design Commission. I'm Robert Williams with the Community Development Department. This is P2022-020. I'm gonna go over the background, the project location, surrounding land uses, give a project description, um, staff analysis, and public notice and comment themes, and the staff recommendation. For some background, on September 22, 2022, we had, um, we had a hearing and the applicant requested and the PDC granted continues to October 13th. On October 13th, we had another hearing, um, but we had some last minute information from the day before. So the Planning and Design Commission continued the project, the date uncertain, and then staff, we noticed it for today's hearing. Here is um, the site location. As you can see, it's near Highway 99, Mac Road, uh, Bruceville Road, Center Parkway, um, in the south area. A little closer. And this this um, show this shows the um, tenant space approximate where it's at in the building. Um, not all the way on the right, but just on the Bristol Racing Road facing site. Here is a further away shot. You can see that Bistro Filipino sign, which is part of the tenant space in the background there on the trees. And there's a monument sign right there that they will share space on. Here's, here's it up from, uh, I believe, 2017. And um, that business is gone. Um, the applicant will be taking out the windows on the side of the sign here, and the entry will be on the left side of the column. And that will be the only windows in the lobby. Here is the zoning map with the project location. It's in the C2 zone, and it's across um, from the HR zone and basically Kaiser Hospital. And the stars are the nearby sensitive uses uh, it's not within 300 feet of residential zone. Okay, um, the project description. The applicant is requesting entitlements for a conditional use permit for a storefront cannabis dispensary with the delivery service and site plan and design review for minor exterior renovations. These are basically front and rear tenant improvements. Here is a bit of the site plan showing existing parking lot layout. Here's the floor plan, as you can see. There's a reception area in front, which you can't, um, which your security guard will be in. You won't be able to allow onto the main sales area without uh, first showing proof of age or your medical ID card. Here is the project site showing the proposed um, site. There's the entrance on the left of the column there and the windows that are gonna be walled up so you can't see into the display area there. Here's the back showing the new proposed loading area in the back of the building. That's for, you know, deliveries in and out. Um, planning Design Commission storefront dispensaries. When the Planning Design Commission review is required as opposed to the zoning administrator director hearing, hearing level, they are required within 600 feet of another storefront dispensary or any park, child care center, in-home child care, use-oriented facility, church or faith congregation, substance abuse center, or cinema. 
or within 600 feet of a tobacco retailer that has 15,000 square feet or less of gross floor area, or within 300 feet of a residence zone and is prohibited within 600 feet of a K through 12 school. This, it's not within 600 feet of another storefront dispensary. It is within 600 feet of the substance abuse center that's in the office buildings to the east. It's in within 600 feet of two tobacco retailers that are defined as such. Uh, it's just over 300 feet from residential zone. It's not close to any schools. Here's another map showing the sensitive uses within 600 feet. And this is meant to show that there's no residential within 300 feet. Here's the project site and a little bit better showing you the location of the proposed uh, storefront dispensary. It's all approximate there. And what we believe is the area where Donning House uh, recovery is located there. Um, that's you know, a rough guess. Okay, um, staff analysis, substance abuse rehab facility. Prior to the October 13th Planning and Design Commission staff report, there was no information available on the rehab facility. There's no land use entitlement required for a substance abuse center, especially not an overnight one, but, um, oops, sorry. And, um, but there was, so there's no land use entitlement required for that substance abuse facility. There's no business operating sheet tax certificate was applied for though. They either need to apply for one or have an exemption. And they need to have approval from the California Department of Health Services. And they requested the zoning verification on October 13th. Um, that was the day of the last hearing. City code does not address pending cannabis business permit application and establishes sensitive uses. Meaning that from application filing to hearing date, newly established sensitive uses can affect which standards apply. So when we had this application submitted, we, had, we knew of the two tobacco sensitive uses, but we didn't have information on the other one because it hadn't been established at that time, the substance abuse facility. Um, okay. This site, as I said, is within 600 feet of the substance abuse facility and two tobacco retailers. There are six other non-regulated businesses selling alcohol within 600 feet. Here is a sort of map showing where they are. We have our tobacco and vape um, place in the um, northwest corner. And that's the sense of use. We have our liquor store and tobacco. The tobacco makes a sense of use. A restaurant with beer and wine. That's across Valley, Valley High Drive. There's another restaurant with beer and wine to the north, two retail stores with beer and wine, a restaurant right next store to the subject site, a pizza parlor selling beer and wine and advertising as such. 
staff is recommending the approval of the project. Um, our rationale for this is focused on is guided by Title 17 and focused on the physical environment and the characteristics of the land use. The pathology of substance abuse is deliberately excluded, excluded in Title 17 decisions. Um, the focus is on the potential for the project to convey concerns, the products sold, um, meaning uh, we're not having any signage that indicates cannabis on the site. Project proposes to reduce the storefront glass by over half. Um, business signage on the building and the street will be limited. City code requires no cannabis project to be visible to the public. And we have a staff condition we put in that the applicant has agreed to that they will exclude the use of the word cannabis as well as imagery with a cannabis plant, including its leaves and any signage they put up. And most of these places do not have that type of signage. They don't have cannabis in their name. Excuse me, Matt. Okay, um, this project site was posted. Um, notice was mailed to all owners and occupants within 500 foot radius. All registered community groups within a 500 foot radius were notified. I didn't hear from them. Um, the mailing of public hearing was sent on October 9th, 2022, and for the re noticing on November 22, 2022. Um, following neighbor groups were notified, North Laguna Creek Valley High, Valley High Neighborhood Association, the Macro Partnership in Preservation Sacramento. Here's our 500 foot mailing radius to show you an example. All these um, tenants and property owners were notified. Um, we've received um, many comments. We've got 80, over 80 comments for the September 20. Second hearing that was not actually, um, that was continued early. I had 50 comments on the October 13th hearing, hearing and I've had, I've seen 100 e-comments today. Um, their reasons for supporting include general health benefits, small woman minority owned business, feel safe and secure at cannabis business, employee employment opportunities, better access to legal cannabis, safety, economic development. Um, I think I said that twice, the core applicant, that's another thing they focused on. The reasons for opposition were about over-concentration, crime, not a local business, lack of outreach, school and hospital in close proximity, unsafe crime increase, incompatibility with the substance abuse rehab center. Um, talk about the comprehensive cannabis study was released on whoops. It's released on uh, May, March 8, 2022. They have not had negative impact on other nearby retail or industrial uses. They've not had a negative impact on home valves and they have not created increases in crime beyond levels generated by other businesses. The industry does not appear to produce negative economic effects on commercial and uh, residential districts. Um, here is 
just a map showing you where our proposed site is on the, you know, near the bottom of the page and one approved, two approved cannabis dispensaries. One is on Mac Road, uh, across Mac Road and the other is across the freeway. I believe the Mac Road one is operating. The other one's at Clinton Fort. Um, the Mac Road one is in District 5 and this site is in District 8, and so is Quinta Court. Staff recommends approval of the project based on findings of fact and conditions of approval within the draft resolution. This replaces a vacant tenant space with employment and tax revenue generating use. Conditions ensure a safe and productive operation of the property, and it will not be a nuisance to the neighboring community. Um, that, that's all I have. Um, I can answer any questions. And the applicant wants to make a presentation. Thank you very much, Robert. Um, is the applicant available now to make a presentation? I am. Um, am I able to share my screen at this time as well? Go ahead. All right. Um, I woke up this morning and saw Brittany Griner was coming home, and I knew it was going to be a good day. And my daughter told me she had got accepted to Sac State, so I knew it was really going to be a good day. <laughs> so smile again, Sky. Um, I'm Lucretia Young. Um, I just got married. I was Lucretia King uh, before, and um, I am a Sacramento King. No relation to the Sacramento King basketball team. I heard that was a question. And I will be giving a presentation. Um, however, I do have consultants uh, on the phone if there are any uh, technical questions about the site. There we go. I won't hold you long. Um, I'll take this time to introduce myself and then uh, move on to the proposed project. To introduce myself, um, I am grandmama's baby. I was raised by my grandmother in Sacramento. I went to Harkness Elementary. Um, I lived with my mother in middle school and I came back. I went to Burbank and I graduated from Visions and Education here in Sacramento. Um, I have worked. I had my children and I'm a married person raising my family here in Sacramento. Uh, where my proposed location is, I had my four children right across the street. I take my 82 year old grandma there to her appointments and I was diagnosed and I treat and manage my own multiple sclerosis right there across the street. I actually have treatment coming the end of this month right across the street at that Kaiser. I've attended the historical St. Andrews AME Church. It's the oldest African-American church on the Pacific coast. And I've been there all my life where I matriculated through the youth programs to now be the youth director and a missionary in what we call in good and regular standings. And that means I participate, I'm active. On a local and global level, we do mission and outreach. Some of you may have seen me, you can see me now working with Traveler's Aid and the AKAs for our annual Elnor Tilson Turkey Holiday Baskets, Thanksgiving and Christmas, where we serve the family and the community. I also organize um, the donation drives we do for the Wind Youth Center, as well as our standing mission with the Mustard Sea School. I am the owner of La Flora Post Wellness. Um, we were recently highlighted on Good Day Sacramento. We are also highlighted in Golfer's Digest of Sacramento and Foothills. Um, 
we sell accessories, attire, uh, herbs, things that add to your daily wellness uh, routines. We are a company that was born and a brand that was born from our business resources provided through Greater Sacramento Urban League. Uh, their Sac Green Equity program is how I got here. And from the ideas to the doors opening, I give my gratitude to the foundation that they set to get me right here. So my proposed location at 7909 Bruceville Road consists of 2,674 square feet of retail space. The building is zone C2 general commercial, consistent with the proposed use for cannabis retail dispensary. There is a total of 74 parking spaces, about 42 exceeding the required uh, requirement for code. To paint the picture, once we do open, uh, we'll provide a variety of cannabis products, um, including highlighting equity products. And this will be for a variety of patients and consumers, those of legal ability, recreationally, yes, but also to the professionals, the grandparents, the chronic pain sufferers. As we discussed at cannabis, sometimes we assume the perception of like the smoke and odor weed smoker, but I wanted to also highlight other cannabis products like salves, drops, beverages, and capsules, some of the smokeless options that we don't talk about. Either way it goes, cannabis is a highly regulated market and we will ensure the testing and safety of all products and work to operate above board. This location is in the Hopper Zone. It is where the city intended for us as cannabis retailers to be able to locate. This location meets city code and will operate in compliance with all zoning and cannabis ordinance. As there actually is no ban, there's no prohibition only a review within certain proximities on the distance and a dispensary and a rehab can be from each other, or even a tobacco facility. After city review, and they reviewed the two nearby locations as well as the rehab establishment, planning staff still concluded the project should move forward with the recommendation for approval. In providing the scope of my project timeline, I'm just gonna summarize a few of the important dates. Uh, and they're here. I've shared a timeline as well with more detailed information that anyone is able to access if they would like to see more pictures related to the timeline. So let's start back April 2020. 4 2020 is when I graduated from CORE, entering into the SAC cannabis industry, in which my cohort would be one of the cohorts to actually contribute to the input for the RFQ for the dispensary lottery in the first place. 4 2021. A whole year later, we would win one of those 10 licenses among over 120 applicants. For 2021 through 8 2021 was where we scouted locations, tried to secure funding, and that includes the location that the rehab unit is actually in right now, which was actually available and empty at that time. Nonetheless, uh, 8, 2021, August 2021, we began and secured our lease at 7909 Bruceville. October 2021, a couple of months later, keeping in mind that we definitely have to accumulate biz designing plans and uh, architects getting them together for this, two months later, October 2021, we initiated our planning application with the city planning staff. In the Ella City of Sacramento website. I bring this data 
out because it is not one included in the staff report, but one the city planning will be able to confirm for us. So at that time, we initiated our application. There's some editing and corrections we had to make as of that December 2021. Our application was officially accepted. It was submitted. We were elevated to PDC January 2022 due to the two existing tobacco retailers in the area. Moving forward um, to that time, we began to just work on our application and put everything together. Early notice of our application from the planning staff would go out to our vicinity May 2022. So through June to September, it would be our community outreach and engagement. We would get a chance to speak to the community. We got a chance to speak to the leaders. We even got a chance to speak to some of the people from the Planning and Design Commission. September, I believe, 5th, the notice of the hearing was distributed. And our hearing on 9-22 that came, we only had one letter of opposition. The letter was from Big Lots because our original plans had fencing in the back, which we remedied by adding the roll-up door so that our total operations would be inside our building. There were 80 comments, like Robert mentioned. Um, there were over 80 uh, altogether from that day. 80 of those comments were actually in our favor with only 14 in opposition. The decision to postpone, however, was made because the commission attendance was low and we had had um, not all the commissioners engaged with us prior to. But we were given the 10-13 date and we set for that. We also kept reaching out and going through community engagement. On uh, October 12th, the day before our hearing, we would be made aware of a possible sensitive use rehab in the vicinity. Uh, so we took to task what we knew to do, which was to verify what was needed to operate in the city of Sacramento, which is a business operating tax certificate. It was also something that was echoed a few times in my last hearing that that is a requirement to operate in the city of Sacramento. At that time, my staff, along with planning staff, we looked into the business and found that there, that BOTC had not yet exist. We still continue to try to reach out to the rehab and have some type of dialogue. And of course, just, just make sure that we vetted the business properly, make sure there was nothing else that we were missing. And in fact, there was nothing there for operation of that rehab. Um, I still wanted to speak out and build a, a relationship with them. Uh, part of my story is I have multiple sclerosis. I have lesions in my brain and in my spine. And when I was diagnosed, I was uh, given about 24 pills to take within a day, including Valium. I am a testament to the fact that cannabis can help you steer away from opioid addiction. I would love to have been able to share that story and to see how together we can actually address the vulnerable communities. I am placing my business here, but I am not placing my business here to contribute to the abuse. After we submitted our information on file, and spoke to planning staff, the next day would be our hearing. And due to that possible uh, discovery of that recovery center and an influx of information, the commission voted to continue the matter. At that time, no date was, was given. From that time on up until now, I immediately began to reach out to um, the rehab through phone, left messages with the staff, emails, um, and contact form. 
Um, then I, again, that's from October 12th, 13th, 14th, 15th, and almost every day. Uh, she did finally email me back on November 7th or November 2nd. Um, she was unwilling to have that dialogue, but did confirm with me that she had signed a lease and had been there since November 2021. Um, and that she had been in legal operation since, which was I, I was confused about. And because I didn't uh, provide documents, uh, certificates, permits, or proof, her email is the only thing I'd be able to provide um, in regard to that date. Uh, we continue to work on it, and uh, the planning staff has been diligent along with me and following up to make sure we do not miss anything, um, and now we're here to this point. Even after all of our research, the planning staff did decide that we should move forward again, recommending the project for approval. Although I touched a little on my outreach, I would like to go a little bit into more about my, about my community and the community that supports me. I would first like to thank Jesse Reese of the Meadowview Neighborhood Association. He was the first one to have a meeting with me, the first one to have a discussion with me. At the time, there wasn't any opposition. I still appreciate the opportunity to speak to the community, as well as Rhonda Henderson um, for the North Laguna Creek Valley High Community Association for extending that same courtesy. I got a chance to speak with them. And since the last hearing, we spoke and had a great conversation with that community. Um, and although still due to COVID and various health concerns, the North Laguna Creek Neighborhood Association had not had meetings. I do continue to follow up with them um, as we did say that once they get up and going, I would have the opportunity to present to them in the future. Although the North Laguna Valley High Community Association, the North Laguna Creek um, Neighborhood Association and Macro Partnership um, are all in my immediate area. Really the Medical Neighborhood Association speaks to um, how how much I reach outside of the basic area I was supposed to reach out to because they're actually outside of where they would have gotten notice but I made sure to to meet up with them because I was really interested in what the entire 8th district had to say um, and I also wanted to make myself available again to the entire 8th district and I did not receive any uh, calls or emails in opposition um, up until that point and we would like to continue our research um, and we will, of course, uh, as operators and owners and we will be intentional in speaking to the community. This time when we went around, we made sure to inform them of the project and its community benefits, the added security and plans, as well as inform them of the rehab and the other dispensary. So I know that my community actually supports me in working with them in order for all of us to address and serve the community. Being a member of the community and ensuring we maintain a discreet aesthetic is minimal, as, as minimal as possible, with minimal signage as shown here on this slide, is the top importance to us and our business. It actually was the plan before the commission asked us to, which is why I had absolutely no problem at all, making sure to reinforce and ensure the community that we would make sure that our signage and our aesthetics stay discreet. Myself, our community relations officer, will be available 24-7 by phone. My number will be given out to surrounding businesses and posted publicly on the front window. We will employ nuisance and loitery control from our discrete security and staff. We'll ensure odor mitigation filters and policies. But most important, keeping ongoing dialogue 
and outreach to the community to relieve any issues or concerns will always be our top priority. As a core graduate, uh, one of the things granted to us is the exemption from the 1% Neighborhood Responsibility Plan contribution. Really an understanding that we are actually part of the community, part of that where that 1% would serve. So to then ask us for it would further add to the disadvantages we face financially. I am, however, still a community and outreach driven applicant. And I'm grateful to have a team with that same focus. And we are working hard to bring to fruition our culture community contribution plan. Uh, now, larger and more established companies uh, weaponize their financial advantages, promising their 1% in order to gain an unfair community and political advantage, which is what we believe we're seeing here. We're developing a plan that would allow me to honor myself and what I fought for and what I'm eligible for and exempt from. The one that allows me to be strategically focused on things like youth and cannabis education and programs, donating to and even hosting expungement events and supporting the pathways to employment in the cannabis industry for other core persons like myself. Because the numbers of how many core participants, graduates and eligible persons in regards to the opportunities that we have is extremely low. So if I get this opportunity, I wanna reach back to the same people who were impacted like I was, reach back to those same survivors and make sure I can help them into the path into this industry as well. The nation has failed in its approach to cannabis. The war on drugs is, is false. It's a false war, unfairly targeted and enacted on black and brown communities. And I am a survivor of that war. The disinformation about cannabis was, was rampant, but it is now being considered in a lot of the medical communities, including the multiple sclerosis medical community. They were wrong and told us, you, us, wrong. And now I understand that some of us will have to go through the re-education needed concerning the truth about cannabis. And I hope to be a social equity leader in this space. It is my hope that through local business associations that we can work together as a community group to address the concerns of the vulnerable addiction and recovery communities as well. As of now, we have a change.org petition and it has accumulated over 240 signatures. We, however, put our foot to the pavement and spoke to the businesses and spoke to the nearby patrons of those businesses. And we've accumulated over 55 pages of local residents, family, friends, and local businesses in support of this project. I wanna take an extra point of privilege to thank those who did express their support because even that was something that I found that we do not feel safe in doing. I assured my community that I will fight to be a safe space maker. In closing, I encourage all concerned with cannabis policy or impacts to continue to read the EPS study, that comprehensive cannabis study. Doing so will not only answer some of those repetitive community questions and concerns so that you can rest assured knowing that they have already been reviewed, but it will help us to address the other conflicts that may exist like those keeping us from furthering equity. Question of overconcentration is a non-issue supported by that data from the EPS study, as well as there being a cap already imposed in the city of Sacramento with 30 
and there's only 10 additional added to it. It is what we hope to be the first step towards equity and we hope all 10 open, but we also ensure you that the community will take note for any issues saturation might bring forward in the future. It's important to give options and appreciate the different business models we can all bring to the table, Walgreens, CVS, Rite Aid. We ask for the chance so that we can do that. We are not and will not and do not adhere to what the stereotypes might have you believe. My proposed location and branding is about providing a needed and desired product to the community to the cancer patients, the chemotherapy survivors, myself as the multiple sclerosis patients. There is a, a vulnerable medical community to consider as well. And I would like to help highlight the true benefits and education behind that product. I mentioned it before, and I'm gonna mention it right now to not be a mess for my grandmother, but in the African-American community, ever since syphilis, there is a different air about seeking medical help and in many of our communities, we don't get access to what we need because it is not a safe space for us, especially those who have been impacted by the war on drugs. But the failure is not that it is, un but the failure is that it's unfairly and unjustly affecting us, that we're sold falsities about the plant to persuade us into ne negative thinking. And now even with the studies, even with the proof that this business would increase the economy, provide jobs, provide safe and legal regulated products, I am still met with opposition. It is because of this failure that we are not able to see the truth that one and yes, even three dispensaries legally in their rights to exist, that this is actually a benefit to the community, economically, jobs, healing, and it is not a burden. This is a benefit to the company this is, I'm sorry, this is a benefit to the economy, an increase in security and implementation on regulations, jobs, safe cannabis options, and increase in community engagement. And I'm gonna stop sharing because I, I really want you guys to see my face here. Losing today, losing this opportunity, not today because I do understand we have processes, but losing this opportunity is not a simple change of a business address. There are already, and uh, OCM may be able to attest for that as I am one of the grant winners of the full $125,000 grant that had to account for my business, including empty spaces I just have to secure. And that is already invested into this project. Hard work and dedication since 2020 is invested into this project. This opportunity lost for myself is, 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 and many others is an empty, emptying out of our savings account. It is going into debt, it is running out of time. And unlike applying for another job, there isn't just another location that I can go to. And with MS for me, this is back to fighting social security and disability. This is back to me figuring out how I'm gonna put my daughter through college. My dispensary will work to exceed the expectations. We do not have a choice. With our operations and loading completely inside the building, secure and surveillance, because we've taken to account the community's request for 24-hour surveillance. We're open from seven to nine with great quality tested products, tight scheduling, and folks who care about the community from their community, working and serving their community. I am a CEO by labor, not just by name. I'm doing the work. 
I'm an equity brand providing shelf space for other equity brands. And lastly, I am proof that this can work. I thank you for your time and I ask that you vote yes on the recommendation for this approval. Thank you. Thank you very much, Lucretia. I appreciate that. Um, we will move on to commissioner questions um, and then public comments. So commissioners, I'm looking for hands. If you have any questions for the staff or for Lucretia, I see Commissioner Young. Yeah, um, I had some questions for the planning staff as well as the Office of Cannabis Management. I think Davina is also on the line. Um, you know, one, one of the concerns um, that, that's been kind of thrown out there by by some members of the community is the, the issue of concentration. And um, I had I wanted to know, you know, as far as applica applications for dispensaries, is there some, is are you guys seeing a trend of disproportionate applications in the South area, specifically in, in that particular area around the Valley High area? Or do you see sort of applications for dispensary kind of throughout, throughout the city? Well, I have it throughout the city. Um, I see a general trend that people want to move out of the warehouse areas and into the commercial areas. That's a general trend. And um, for storefront dispensaries, excuse me, just a minute. Um, but yeah, I don't see a general a trend just for the South area. I see it for all over the city. Okay. And then um, I think kind of one of the other questions that or concerns that have been raised from, from my readings of the email emails is just the, the fact that, you know, uh, you know, that this would be the, the third, third dispensary within a, a very uh, tight, tight area. Right. And, and there's no knowledge of kind of what, what, what's, what sort of problems might occur, uh, you know, once they open because they haven't opened. Well, the, the Embark, store has 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 been open for about two months now and been in operations uh, it's the dispensary approved on mac road um and so has there been any kind of reports of any sort of crime or criminal activity or anything kind of in that immediate area related to the store i'd have to defer to someone else if they have anything i don't know anything about or crime or anything else. Commissioner, this is Davina Smith um, with the Office of Cannabis Management. Uh, I apologize for not having my video on. I'm, I'm at a sporting event for my son. Um, uh, in regards good. to the, <laughs> thank you. Uh, in regards to the Embark Dispensary that is located on Mac Road, um, we've received um, one question about um, delivery of product. Um, we forwarded that on to the Cannabis Code Enforcement officers. They went out there the next day, reviewed um, about uh, two weeks' worth of video, were able to uh, answer the question. They got back in uh, contact with the constituent, and that was resolved. Uh, we haven't heard any uh, anything else uh, beyond that. Um, they do have a security guard out front. It's well lit. Um, there don't seem to be any problems arising from it. Yeah, I was actually there last night. I saw the security guard. Everything, everything seemed to be operating within compliance of the Sacramento regulations and people are coming in and out and buying their product and moving. There's no sort of loitering or anything like that that I could observe uh, last night. Um, Davina, is that, are you seeing in your kind of 
as you get applicants in, I mean, are there certain particular areas within the city in which you are seeing that there's more of a, an appeal to open dispensaries in certain parts of the city that you can maybe comment on? Uh, yeah, so I can tell you that, well, so I think there's, there's two things at play here. One is where people are allowed to operate a storefront dispensary and where people want to operate a storefront dispensary. So where people are having to go are in those manufacturing and industrial zones um, because that's kind of where it's allowed. There are a few um, commercial zones, uh, such as the one that Lucretia found um, and that Embark is at that um, allows it. Uh, and, and those are sort of the more premium spots. Um, I would say every single person I've talked to, they want to be, um, you know, in Midtown, they want to be downtown, they want to be sort of in those commercial corridors where you get a lot of foot traffic, um, because it's just, you know, more attractive for business. People don't want to, as a customer, you don't want to go out to a, a warehouse district, you know, after work, especially in winter, to, uh, you know, purchase your cannabis. You'd much rather go into Midtown or downtown or in some other area where there's uh, you know, people around and it's pretty easily accessible. So that's definitely what we're, what we're seeing and what we're hearing. Got it. And, and are you seeing any sort of resistance to uh, areas like a midtown or downtown or, you know, I know someone mentioned Greenhaven. Um, are there particular areas within the city where, hey, these are attractive uh, places because of the foot traffic, but as response, there's some sort of resistance there that, that does not make those options possible? that you're aware of. Um, I should jump in here. Um, I mean, the resistance really has to do with, you know, what neighborhood is more involved. Um, you know, we, ha we had one on J Street and a lot of people came out for that. Um, there's, you know, some, some areas get more resistance, if, especially if they're close to residential areas and concerned citizens. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Young. Commissioners, any additional questions for staff or the applicant? Seeing no additional hands raised, we'll move on to the public comment period. Um, I first want to say that, or reiterate what um, Robert presented in his staff presentation that the commission received and read over 100 e-comments before 5.30 p.m. today on the online portal. Um, it looks like we received three additional comments online after 5.30 p.m. today. Those three are in support. Um, and I believe, is, um, is somebody sharing their screen? I just see a black screen right now. Okay. Um, so uh, we will put that in the record. Um, that uh, we read and received the public comments before and after 5.30 p.m. today. Um, Madam Clerk, it looks like we have several hands raised um, in the attendees list who would like to speak on this item. Uh, will you please queue up the members of the public? Yes, we'll do. Our first speaker is Mike Snell. Can you hear me? We can. All right, thanks again for allowing me to speak. Um, so we have, we have a few things here. Um, as as we, um, uh, Mr. Williams brought up, there was already in that vicinity um, liquor stores, tobacco. There was already these these locate these businesses existing. Um, 
prior to either of these applicants, the, the, the um, rehab center and of course the applicant, uh, Ms. Uh, Mrs. Young. Um, so with that said, what do we do about rehab centers? How do we, I mean, there's no way of getting away from advertisements of alcohol, of cigarettes. There's no way of getting around that. So, so applying that to this is kind of bogus in my opinion. Um, and then in addition, um, you know, you, you have, you have embarked that's, um, technically the first black owned, which isn't represented that way because of the crony capitalism and its ownership, but that's not here or there, what we're discussing. Um, now you have someone, so to kind of weigh the options on who gets that access or not, it's kind of imbalanced. And like Davina had stated earlier, um, it's not a matter of where they want to go. It's where we can go at this point. We're on a clock. And I say us because I'm one of the 10. We're on a time clock to get this license activated. I would urge planning to just see the, 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 the weight in this situation if denied that obviously with the time clock to get in a, a CUP and BOP, a certificate of, of occupancy at another location, if you deny this, you pretty much tell her she's not going to be able to operate going forward, period, because she's out at this point because of timeline. So take that in consideration. In addition to, as we're on the phone right now, at 1404 28th Street, Green Solutions is operating right next door to Inc., which serves alcohol, and there has been no issues there, at least nothing that raises flags and alarms. So with that being a one-off, CORE needs to have Core members, we need to be allowed these one-offs because obviously these non-core applicants and non-equity folks that have been operating have been established in their locations that we can't get approved for, but they're in locations that were already approved and grandfathered in, regardless of what's going on. Um, we have to we have to be allowed these one-offs in order to get established and get up and going. Otherwise, equity delayed is equity denied. Simple and plain. And that's all I have to say. Thank you. Thank you for your comments. Our next speaker is Daphne. Hello. You guys come up here. Hi. Um, I just wanted to mention two things. I live in District 5. We have been drafted into the Neighborhood Association, so we did not receive notification about the placement of the dispensary that's located at 7909 nor did we get notification about Embark. What I'm hearing is <clears throat> you're determining the location in the later part of the process, which causes a lot of outlay for the person who is actually trying to become a business owner. I just wanna let the applicant know that I appreciate her presentation that she gave um, and the detail and the work that she put into it. I'm neutral on this issue. What I want the Planning Commission to do going forward is to look at a holistic approach to a neighborhood. You're saying 600 feet from a location is the only notification that needs to occur, but you need to take in consideration that kids walk to school, you have transportation locations where people have to actually get on buses on and off. Those things are not being considered or, in, or, or looked at as an impact. You asked about Embark and their delivery Embark is delivering on Sundays, and they're in delivering in front of the building, which is not what they should be doing. They told you that they would be delivering in the back in the secured area, which is not happening. Um, I'm not opposed 
to embark being in operation. I want the applicant to know that I understand the issues of MS, also lupus, and I can appreciate her looking at a holistic option in order to treat her condition. So that's not the issue that we have. The issue that we have is the ratio that you have of ATF businesses in locations in underserved communities, District 2, District 6, District 8, District 5. If you do a map, which you had done with all your cannabis businesses, you will see a pattern, and that pattern is inequitable. Um, I understand the race to go and try to use funds before um, the deadline and the sunsetting of the core program. That's unfortunate for a lot of the business owners that are of uh, the underserved communities and of color. It's unfortunate that they have to jump through more hoops than you have the larger businesses go through. And I'm, I'm very concerned about the leverage and how you're um, applying your approvals and non-approvals. Even the last applicant that was trying to get an approval in a building where the owner was approving, everyone around was approving, but because he's a small business owner locally, it sounds like he's going through more hoops than other people need to go through. I need you guys to have an equitable way of, of uh, distributing criteria, and I need you to make sure that you look at ratios in neighborhoods. If there's a ratio that is above a certain amount, you should be moving those entities into locations that are lower and help the Thank owners you for your to comments. move. Your if time you, is complete. If you Will you make your final I comments? I appreciate that. Help help the owners to move if they're unable to locate in this position that they've selected. Thank you for your comments. Our next speaker is Mike Mosley. Yeah, can you hear me? We can. Okay. Just a little bit of background about me. Um, my name is Mike Mosley. I'm a local business owner and a professional music producer. Me and Lucretia King Young and I have been producing music and film for the past eight years. We are part of the Sacramento King Equity Venture Team, not only providing jobs in the entertainment industry, but also in the cannabis industry, hopefully. Um, I have been living in the Valley High area, Sacramento, off and on since the mid-90s. My son went to elementary school, junior high, and high school there. What brought me to this particular area was my musical talent. I, hired, I was hired to produce one of the Sacramento's first most famous hip-hop artists by the name of Sibo and the Sacramento's first female artist by the name of Marvelous. Um, they are from this same area, so I have strong ties to Valley High and Mac Road. And we have played part of inspiring lots of young people to become something in life, um, given that it was so rough at the, in the area at the time, in the 90s. So the day that Davina announced that Lucretia King Young won one of the licenses, I immediately told the team that my current owner of the ice cream shop that we have, the cream store over on El Camino Avenue, also owns the building, the O'Sullivan family, they own the building. Um, uh, they and they, they had told me that if we win, we should take a look at their location, 7880 Alta Valley Drive. Suite 107, the clinic come, turned out to be. At the time, the building was empty. She said that the uh, the security guard would let us in. So they had just bought the building. So it had been vacant for a while. After we toured the we toured the location, and we did the radius search. You know, we did a soft search uh, prior to the application. We felt this location may work. 
So May 2020, we contacted the um, we contacted the owners and told them that it might we might be interested. And at that time, they said because they have a loan on the building, that their lender would not let us rent. They couldn't rent it to us. So then we decided on the 7909 Bruceville. So here we are. They had, um, so what else? So I would hope that, you know, the commissioners would not let someone move in with no real sincere interest to the community to basically move in in the middle of the night and change our sensitive use. You know, given that the things we have contrib contributed to the community from then into now. Thank you. Thank you for your comments. Our next speaker is Raj. Hello. Raj, it's your turn to speak. Can you hear me? We can. Hi, um, thank you for letting me speak. Um, I just wanted to talk about, I am um, a client in the um, outpatient program for the rehab. And um, the dispensary is opening up within about 200 to 250 feet away from us. Um, I just think it's very irresponsible because I am, this is life or death to me. And to see a place like that come up, I understand um, Lucretia, her uh, point of view, but for it to be so close, this is where we do trauma therapy. We're doing, we're, we have really rough days and we're doing really a lot of therapy. And if we go outside for a walk, we're looking at the dispensary. If you're having a bad day, there's not only there's a lot of homeless people here, but if someone's smoking marijuana, that's going to be a real big trigger for us. And I just think it's very not responsible for them to open up a dispensary right next to a rehab where people are, I, I've lost so many friends um, struggling with addiction and this, it's just not responsible. I, I don't want to see anybody else die. I've seen too many people die. And um, yeah, it's, I just, I don't agree with opening it up right next to a rehab. And um, yeah, I just, I hope you guys do not pass this because it's going to be a very, very big detriment to the clients here. And I am from this community. So we already have a dispensary about two, three minutes away, we don't need to be walking outside and looking at dispensary and people buying marijuana. It's just, it's just not responsible. And um, I'm going to end my comment like that. Thank you. Thank you for your comments. Our next speaker is last four digits, 7587. Hello, <clears throat> my name is Ivy, and can you hear me? We can. Oh, okay, thank you. Um, okay, I, as a long-time resident of the neighborhood, I have serious concerns about a third cannabis dispensary being located in my community. I've lived in this community all my life raised my kids here and built my life here and I do not want to see it overrun with cannabis dispensary. I believe access to cannabis but I don't believe that three should be located in the same immediate 
neighborhood. All of these dispensaries choosing to locate here, how is the how is it that the community will allow them to all be located in one community and one area? I understand there's a drug treatment center next to the dispensary. I'm confused as to why the commission is still discussing this. It is clearly not appropriate to locate a dispensary next to a drug treatment center that is looking to help the residents of our community overcome drug and addiction. I'm disappointed that we are continuing to have this discussion. This is a huge city with lots of potential locations. Why are all of them coming to this area? Why are they not looking at the wealthy areas, not near drug treatment centers? I have voiced my concerns a few times. I feel I'm not being heard. Listen to your constituents and those that will be impacted by this decision. I asked the commissioner to do the right thing and deny cannabis dispensary located at 7909 Bruceville Road. Thank you for your time and your consideration. Thank you for your comments. Our next speaker is Maisha Bahadi. Hi, thank you, Commission, um, for this opportunity. Uh, my name is Maisha Bahati. I am a core graduate, and I am also opening a storefront dispensary um, in the, the Midtown area on J Street. Um, Lucretia King, I thought you did an amazing job with the presentation. Um, I am in full support. Um, I just want to speak on someone who has gone through, you know, the CUP process recently. Uh, we did get approved. Trying to find a location is not easy, okay? It is very difficult to find a location in Sacramento to open a storefront dispensary that is not near a church or a school or a tobacco retailer. Um, you know, the reason why a lot of people aren't in the Midtown area is because it's very expensive. It is very expensive. Um, we looked at 10 properties prior to finding ours, and we were, you know, we, we faced a lot of predatory realtors who were trying to milk us for everything we had. Um, or, you know, you had people who didn't want you there. Um, in order to change the perception of cannabis, I mean, you don't want to put a dispensary in some back alley. Nobody wants to like someone mentioned earlier, no one wants to drive to some back alley off of Fruit Ridge to to enjoy a retail experience. Like we're in 2022 now, we're, we're entering in a new year, it's more acceptable. Um, at the same time, the cost that it takes to get to the CUP process point, there's a lot of money invested. You can't just go and find another location and do this all over again, especially when there's a deadline of April 2024 to have your storefront open, or you're going to lose this opportunity. This opportunity that does not come, this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. You don't get this, you are out of the game, and it goes to someone else. So I would just ask that, or I just want you, everyone to know that you can't just go somewhere and buy to get a dispensary location. It is not that easy. It is absolutely not that easy. So... You know, I hope that you will support LaKing and, you know, push this project through. And thank you for your time. Thank you for your comments. Our next speaker is Mindy.
Mindy, please unmute. It's your turn to speak. We'll come back to Mindy. Our next speaker is Slam Events. Hello, and thank you for, can you hear me? We can. Perfect. Uh, my name is Lacita Inman, and I am the owner and operator of the Slam Events in Sacramento, California. Um, I am here in support of Lucretia King. I want to say amazing job on your presentation and your diligence through this process. Um, and also, just a general statement, at some point we have to let adults be adults. Um, there are triggers everywhere, whether it's your local grocery store, they, have, they sell tobacco, they sell alcohol, whether it's the gas station, whether it's Wingstop, Bullwings, restaurants, pizza parlor, there are triggers everywhere you go. It is a decision to use. It is a choice to use. And if you are an addict seeking treatment, it is your duty, if you're serious about recovering, to work the program that you are attending. I am asking you all to vote yes on item five, the proposed cannabis dispensary at 7909 Bruceville Road. Allowing a cannabis dispensary, especially a core applicant, to be sabotaged by a new rehab facility strategically placed within 250 feet of its established location is bad public policy. The opposition, Opposition to this approval is about the person and the stigma surrounding cannabis, but it's also about first access to this location and granting equity to a graduated core member who has done nothing but follow the rules and regulations to ensure she was within the legal limits of establishing this business. This rehab facility has seemingly appeared out of thin air and based on public records has been operating illegally since inception. The existence of a cannabis dispensary in the proximity of this center should not be cause for denial. They can coexist. This dispensary is not even in the visual range of the entry of the rehab facility. The rehab patrons would be likelier to purchase or visit fat ducks rather than this dispensary. With the right partnering within the entire complex, as a matter of fact, all of these businesses can offer products. The rehab center is, they all offer products the rehab center is concerned about and can work together to develop signage about and promote addiction resources, including at their center. It can be done, they can work together. City staff has done a great job with analyzing sensitive uses in this area, but had no way of locating a business when it did not exist at the time of their initial research. This business was newly planted and has only more recently been approved for their BOTC as of November 9th. Before that, they were operating illegally. Please approve this dispensary. Please approve this applicant. She's done more than enough of proving herself to this community, uh, proving her worth in this industry. Her team has done a magnificent job of supporting her and making sure the community has had plenty of opportunity to learn more about what they are doing for the community. My stance is to vote yes, approve this project. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your comments. Our next speaker is Lamar Walker. Hello, can you all hear me? We can. Okay, this is actually Kevin Hooks. Lamar is here as well. Um, good evening, commissioners. Uh, I sent you all a letter about me being from this immediate community and how dear this project is to me as Lucretia is from this community and for this community and how her, proje how her project and the possible denial 
made me relive some of these same feelings I had when I went through my project with 700 El Camino, like, lo like losing hundreds of thousands of dollars if denied. But I also want to speak to you now is a little different. I want to talk to you guys about some things that have been bothering me for a month now. The fact that in the last meeting, Commissioner Boyd brought up how Mr. Jesse of Metaview Community asked what he can do to stop this project. Then you fast forward to the last meeting and you have this business owner that calls in to plead for you all to deny this project because her business will be affected by a cannabis store so close. After that meeting, I had to do some research myself. And what I, I found a few things that troubled me. For one, the closest wall to the treatment facility is a wall that has a big sign on it that says Fat Duck's Pizza. And in the front, it sells alcohol. There's no visual sight to the proposed store, as someone mentioned. Not to mention it bothers me that this business has been operating illegally since inception, according to public records. Yet, this owner is so passionate about getting this project denied when Lucretia is willing to work with her and be the best neighbor she could be. Now, according to the Sacramento Bee article that came out last month, it mentions the newly opened dispensary on Mac Road and Bark as having major political ties and influence. They also have community support as they are donating 1% of net sales, which they do, they're not required to do as they are a core store. Now, for the sake of argument, let's assume that there is no foul play between Embark and Mr. Jesse with Metaview Community Association and, and that maybe this owner who arrived after Lucretia and is operating illegally just doesn't want this dispensary approved. So what I ask you all, what does that mean for big business in the future who can use this tactic against us as well as this commission to set precedent in the future to stop core businesses or any businesses in this industry for that matter? My question for you all as a commission is, if you smell foul play, can you all make a conscious decision to ignore the possibilities, whether they be true or not? I ask for you all for the sake of not only this project, but to protect future and small businesses who don't have the funds or political connections to fight things like this, please let Lucretia, as well as Embark, show you all that they can serve this community the way it needs to be, which is adding jobs and resources. And in response to the gentleman who called in about his treatment, man, listen, I, I feel for you. You know, like somebody said, there's, there's, there's temptations everywhere, and I hope you can continue to fight. And I think the state has made it to where when you purchase cannabis, you don't see product, you don't consume it for reasons like this. Thank you. Thank you for your comments. Our next speaker is Bishop Chris Baker. Thank you. Can you hear me? We can. Thank you for the time. First, let me congratulate the applicant for her, a very wonderful presentation. I only had two quick questions as living over here for over 30 years. That area was once a crime-ridden area when there was a liquor store right there, but uh, that's been some time ago. And I was wondering on those blind spots, will you be putting cameras uh, right in that breezeway there if I'm looking at the map right? And then also, if it's three of you in, in within so many feet radius, will you be selling the same products such as being in competition with each other? How, how is that going to work? Thank you for your comments. Our next speaker is Jen.
Okay, can you hear me? We can. Okay, hi, my name is Jen. Um, I'm calling in as a medical assistant. I'm calling in as someone who has worked in the pain field and um, has seen how uh, medical marijuana has helped patients extremely. And um, I'm also calling in as a woman who has five years in recovery. Um, like said before, I, I empathize with the man who called in earlier. I can understand how temptation could be an issue for in their mind, but it is also part of life. Um, it's part of if you really want your recovery, you're going to stay the course. You're going to do the next right thing. And that's that. Um, my biggest thing I just want to say is I support women business. I support black business. And I believe Miss King, Miss King Young um, is in, you know, you guys definitely should approve this. Um, I've seen cannabis help in so many ways. And also I've seen it evolve in the recovery space because it isn't, you know, when Bill Wilson initially wrote the book. Um, things have changed, things have evolved. And um, yeah, that's what I have to say. I hope you guys approve this. Thank you for your comments. Thank you. Our final speaker is Mindy. Hi, this is Mindy Galloway. Uh, some technical issues earlier, sorry about that. Um, I am the CEO of Kamiya Manufacturing and a longtime um, legacy operator and cannabis advocate. From my experience, um, getting licenses, the hardest thing in um, filling out your application is finding a property that is available, a vacant property in the green zone. And I think Lucretia did a, a very good job, um, you know, doing her due diligence. You go in blind, you have to sign a lease, not knowing if there's any other dispensaries that are opening up or any other properties that are opening up. The only time you know is when they do file their CUP, which can be months after everybody has signed their leases. And, um, you know, you have no idea un unless any other businesses are operating, um, you know, legally, and you can only do what you have with the information at hand. I think she did a thorough job. I support um, this dispensary opening up. I we really need dispensaries um, that do promote wellness and understanding and education um, for the medicine and, and how people can benefit and help heal themselves with the medicine. And we also need dispensaries that are going to be part of the um, and committed to the social equity community. We have uh, many dispensaries in Sacramento. Many of them are not supportive of social equity branded products. And it is very refreshing to be part um, you know, of a community and to connect with people that do um, support us as local businesses and um, make it to where we can be sustainable and work in this industry and fight in this industry when you know we have many obstacles and roadblocks ahead of us. So um, great work. I hope that you know this this project does get approved. Um, given that you know everybody tried to do what they did in the right way, um, in the best way possible. And so thank you for your time and thank you for letting me speak. Thank you for your comments. Chair, we have no additional speakers. 
Thank you very much for that. And uh, really want to say thank you to all the attendees and participants who called in and wrote in um, and are participating in this public process. We do hear you and hear your concerns and also your, su your support and your opinions. Uh, we are going to close the public comment period now and bring the discussion back to the commissioners. Commissioners, uh, do you have any questions or comments? Um, now would also be the time to make a motion. I see Commissioner Young. Yeah, um, I, I really, uh, this has been somewhat of uh, a, a lot of textures and layers um, in really trying to investigate what's true, um, trying to also address uh, concerns from different parties that, that are raising legitimate concerns. I, I, I know that it's been emotional for the applicant. I mean, having her, her character be um, just really just soiled and um, I, I just wanted to say that, you know, having spoken with her, uh, she really comes off as a person of integrity and really trying to do the right thing um, for her clients, for the community. And so I, I really do want to just um, speak to that. Uh, on the other hand, I also want to speak to, um, you know, the community members who are raising questions, right, about over-concentration in, um, in that particular area. And um, you know, I, I think historically, right, the communities that, that are in low-income communities are asking, what, what, why us, right? Why, why is there, why do these types of businesses like liquor stores or whatnot tend to come here and, and feel that they don't have a voice in terms of, um, you know, speaking to that? And I think that, um, you know, I, I, I wanted to just kind of go back to that um, those three stores, I, I think the three dispensaries that are proposed with Lucretia being the third one, um, in that immediate area, um, you know, beyond the Embark, which is on Mac Road, the, the, the other approved dispensary is on Quinta Court, which is east of the 99 freeway. So while they are within close proximity uh, to one another, you could make an argument of concentration. I, I'm not sure I really consider the Kinta Court location part of that immediate neighborhood. And so, so really in my mind, I'm, I'm really, what I'm looking at is I have seen an established uh, dispensary on Mac Road um, that has been operating for two months, um, has not had any sort of incidents that I'm aware of, of, of any kind of bad actions or bad actors or loitering from what I could tell. I was there last night. Um, the, the, that store is complying with all the, the regulations and, and doing a really good job of, of really kind of activating that area at that time. And I believe that Lucretia, if she were to open uh, her dispensary would be able to, to do the same thing in that area. So really in my mind, I'm really looking at two dispensaries. I'm not, I'm not seeing the oversaturation argument as, as valid at this point. I know that um, just in terms of listening to reading kind of the comments was, you know, hey, we really don't know what's gonna happen here. You know, with, with so many possible dispensaries coming up, let's just wait and see, you know, what happens before approving a third one. And so I, I, I really wanted to just let the community know that, hey, I, I really am paying attention to these arguments here. And, and, and at the time, several months ago, I was like, okay, that, that's a valid argument. Um, and so I think with the passage of time, I, I would, I would kind of lean and, and say, well, you know, there's, 
there's one that's actually operating pretty well, and, and this is really a second in that immediate area. Um, as far as, you know, the proximity to the, um, the rehab center, you know, I, I'm really curious. I would love to hear from my fellow planning commissioners who had a chance to talk to Vicki, the owner. I uh, was not able to, to get in touch with her, but, you know, I'm, I'm just looking at the website and understanding what they are doing. You know, it's not just drugs, it's also alcohol um, rehab. And so, you know, the, the owner of this business knowingly, you know, placed her rehab center in a location that had quite a bit of, uh, of businesses that sold alcohol. And so, um, you know, this is just really, to me, a function of like, hey, we're, we're this is a particular neighborhood that, that sells alcohol and tobacco and, and whatnot. And so, but yet you still need to do business. You still need to work with clients, right? So you knowingly um, chose to put your center in a location that had all these other quote unquote vices, if you will, you know? And so I, I, I'm kind of, um, it, it's made me a little bit more ambivalent to that argument, right? Like as far as that land use proximity, like how can we rationally as a planning commission approve something that um, is, is in close proximity to, to marijuana, but when there are, there are just as many other vices going on. I'm not sure if that, that is going to necessarily hurt um, the program that, that she's trying to, to establish here. So, so but again, I, I would really love to hear more from the other commissioners who did speak to Vicki and just kind of get more of their opinion because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm still relatively divided, but, but I think I'm also, um, you know, really wanting to be conscientious and listening to the opposing arguments here. Um, I did also want to bring up, um, there was a comment, some multiple comments made uh, regarding concentration about wanting council member Vang's office to address the issue of like, well, how, what, what is the saturation limit, right? And unfortunately our code does not have like a saturation limit for a district, you know, for dispensaries, right? And so, um, you know, council member Vang is, um, has, has indicated that she is open to having that conversation with the community as to saying, hey, if there is a limit that need, if there needs to be a limit in district A, um, you know, what is it? And so she, she is prepared to, um, to have that conversation with the community to address that. I think she also cares about the core community and wants to see that happen. And so I think, um, you know, I'm coming at this from a perspective of really trying to come up with a balanced solution that will allow all parties who are, I believe, coming at this with good intentions and trying to see healthy communities flourish here in District 8 and in the South area. And so I think that that's sort of my mindset going into this, uh, but I would love to hear from my fellow planning commissioners. So thank you. Thank you for your comments, Commissioner Young. Commissioner Pluckybaum. Thanks, Chair. Is there a representative from the um, Substance, Substance Treat, Treatment Center on? I don't, I don't think we heard anyone uh, speak to that this time. I think we did last time and then uh, I missed that. Thank you, Commissioner Pluckyvon. Robert, do you know? I didn't see the the um, business owner here tonight. Thank you, Robert. Maybe if the clerk can take a look and see if there's other folks that were trying to queue up and um, and we missed them. Thanks, Chair. Thank you, Commissioner Pluckyvon. Commissioner Macias-Reed? Yes, thank you, Chair. Um, 
Yeah, so uh, I want to start again by saying, you know, thank you for everyone who called in um, for participating. We love to, to get participation in, in these projects because um, it shows that people care and, and we get to listen right to the feedback. Um, so I appreciate all of that. I also um, appreciate, you know, the presentation, Lucretia. Um, I, you know, going into this, obviously, when we had continued this item, it was because we had this this new information, right, that had come last minute. And, you know, I certainly felt, and obviously the commission at that point did, because we continued the item, that we didn't feel like we had enough information to make an informed decision. So we continued the item. Um, since then, I think we have the information that is needed, you know, to, to make an informed decision. And based on the information that has been set um, in front of us from Robert's presentation, it is very clear to me that, um, you know, Lucretia's application and lease were in motion, um, you know, prior to the uh, Diamond House detox facility. Um, and, you know, I want to be clear because one of the, the the things that was concerning me when I was thinking through all of this was, you know, setting a precedent. Um, you know, when this was reviewed, that clearly Robert had mentioned the detox facility was not triggering planning commission review. It was the tobacco sensitive uses that was triggering, triggering uh, planning commission review because that detox facility from all legal intensive purposes was not registered and operating legally at the time. And very clearly, I have information that proves to me and shows to me that Lucretia has been in motion on this for longer. Um, so it, when I go back to talking about setting a precedent, um, I don't think that this particular application sets a precedent. It is very clear to me that she was in motion prior um, and then the detox facility came after. Um, so with all of that information, um, I, I, you know, want to support this project. Um, I am going to make a motion to approve staff's recommendation. Thank you, Commissioner Macias. We have a motion on the table to approve staff recommendation and approve the project. We will next hear from Commissioner Boyd. Thank you, Chair. Um, a lot of what I was going to ask was just stated by uh, our, our uh, fellow commissioners. I will jump in at, at the end of the bandwagon of my questions um, to the to the rehabilitation center um, pay, uh, patron. I understand, you know, triggers are triggers, and as it's been clearly laid out. Um, anywhere you turn your head, there's going to be a trigger, and it's it's self-control always easier said than done from uh, those of us who may not uh, be afflicted uh, in those issues. But with that said, two things uh, I just have to re-emphasize. Re the illegal operation of this rehab center and its wants want to locate in an area that already had established triggers surrounding it. In addition, a um, multiple cannabis industry applicants 
were already on file and or had already been in front of the Planning and Design Commission and or had already been granted CUPs to operate prior to this rehab center applying for their uh, legal permits as was indicated uh, uh, by Robert in the staff report. So if you are surrounded by triggers and the information is said before you that these other triggers were, are and were already established prior to you setting up there, my question goes to what was asked by the patron, being irresponsible. How irresponsible is it of that owner and or operator of the rehabilitation center to put a rehabilitation center where it's now located? Really? Uh, what what it, is it the uh, driving force, unfortunately, which um, seems to be that uh, at any cost, maintain a dollar profit or maintain a profit. I won't say a dollar, maintain a profit. So if you put your business with all the triggers, guess what? You maintain your what? Clientele. Why? Because they'll continue to come back because they may have slipped or they came back for um, further help in trying not to slip. It's an opinion. It's a, uh, my opinion. So really, you're fighting hard. You have these triggers already in regards to the alcohol. So why is it that you're fighting so hard against one particular that I'm using trigger in, in, in regards that as the uh, rehab uh, view? Why one particular trigger that you don't want and you're less than a quarter mile away from another cannabis business uh, across Mac Road? And as uh, Commissioner Young had stated, the other cannabis business is across 99 actually i'm not even sure where that street is i guess that's right there where um um mac road partnership is in that little strip mall area um just at the like what 20 30 50 feet from being outside of the city of sacramento but uh, my point being as uh, it was brought up by one of the uh, callers um, my statements in regards to when Jesse Reese, the president of the Metaview Neighborhood Association, had approached me, I think it was uh, just a few days or a week prior to the last time this applicant came before the PDC, that the owner, one of the owners of Embark, the cannabis in, uh, cannabis business there on Mac Road, wanted to know how they could stop the uh, uh, Ms. King's business, this applicant's business from being granted approval. And um, I'm just paraphrasing, you'd have to look at the recording and you can see exactly uh, what, what, what I stated. And my words uh, paraphrasing was, uh, I'll give a fair and unbiased vote based upon the information given from all parties. Uh, again, I'm paraphrasing. What uh, uh, Mr. Reese had uh, answered to that was, well, they are really looking to see that uh, is there something that the Planning and Design Commission can, can, uh, commission can do to not have this um, business come into existence. 
and I, I reiterated uh, my point. My point being is one of the owners of Embark stated that he grew up also like uh, Ms. King in the area, went to uh, elementary school, high school, and so forth. The difference with Embark's ownership is a 50-50 split to a um, corporate entity based out of the Bay Area with super deep pockets, political ties that Ms. King does not have, nor should that be a factor in this decision-making. The difference, uh, or my point I'm making is, when you have deep, deep pockets and political tie-ins, you can lodge, lodge a campaign against something that you either want or don't want. I'm not saying that this is happening now, but if you start connecting dots, start using your search engines to see who's attached to what, it doesn't look fair in regards to this campaign that um, I'll say came out of nowhere to stop this applicant from accomplishing her goal. To that, I'll conclude with this. The what has been presented um, by the prior uh, our, our fellow commissioners, the number of saturation, oversaturation, so forth, so on. Yes, it is undeniable that liquor stores, entities that sell cigarettes, are overly concentrated in low-income communities and communities of color, low-income communities of color, period. Why is that? Why didn't uh, or why aren't applic applications being submitted in District 7, Greenhaven Pocket, Southland Park, North Natomas uh, District 1, in uh, East Sacramento, Fabulous 40, so forth. There's plenty of space to create or build a uh, business and sell because it's the continued drum sets of the systemic behavior of putting the eels in low-income communities. Now, here's a business applicant, grew up in the community, as she has stated, faced the onslaught of biasness of cannabis in its laws against low-income people and people of color. And here she is bringing the truth about cannabis and its municipal uses as well as folks who use it recreationally. That is on those grown-ups to do as they wish to do. She has walked out that she bent over backwards to this rehab owner to say, let's see what we can do, you know, together. How can we make this work? And as was stated, the rehab owner got uh, I guess back to her within just the last couple of days or so halfway uh, through an email or whatever. I'm not here to judge anyone on uh, what their intent is because I don't know, but I'm just laying out a, hopefully a clear path for those who may be fogged by 
what has transpired here with Ms. King's application. And to that, I'll second the motion to approve Ms. King's uh, request for operation. Thank you. Thank you very much, Commissioner Boyd. We have a motion and a second to approve uh, staff recommendation and approve the project forward. Before we continue on with commissioner comments, I want to confirm that staff did let me know that the Diamond House recovery operator owner, uh, Vicki, is available, is on the attendee list um, and is participating today. Um, I wanna give her an opportunity to, to be available for questions. Um, I know, Vicki, you chose not to make public comments today and I wanna respect that as well if, that's your, if that is your wish. Um, but seeing as uh, you are a, a main subject to today's decision, um, I also wanna just pause and take a moment and see and let folks know that she she's here and available um, should you have questions for her as well. Um, Vicki, do you wanna make any comments at this point? I do, can you guys hear me? Yes, we can hear you, go ahead. Perfect, I actually did wanna speak in the public hearing, but for some reason um, I didn't get let in. So um, um, Chair, members of the Planning and Design Commission, I thank you for allowing me to speak. Um, I am would ask, that you allow me to respond to any of the questions. Um, I'm Vicki Magabay. I am a licensed psychiatric mental health nurse practitioner and owner of PsychMP Consultants, which is doing business as Diamond House Recovery and Diamond House Detox. That is a reason why it's hard for you guys to find my corporate name. We did file fictitious names and it is um, been in business since 2013. We operate multiple recovery homes throughout Sacramento and the Elk Grove area. Our outpatient facility is the one off of 7880 Alta Valley. Um, we, everything with the timeline is correct. We did, you know, sign the lease in November, 2021, and we did get our joint commission accreditation to add the location, which was done in December, which made us legally able to open outpatient. Um, as far as the FOT um, license, what happened was I figured out staff did um, inquire about that tax and we have two locations in South Sac. And so the response given to that staff was we didn't need one. And so one of our locations is county and one of our locations is in the city. So there seems to be some discrepancy with that. And so once I realized that we filed it and we have an active um, FOT, I believe it's what it's called. Um, we recently got our Department of Healthcare certification, which we submitted four months and months ago. It takes a while to get. Um, so that, that speaks to a lot of our legal staff. I am a little bit offended by some of the last commissioner's um, comments about my um, doing this for profit or money or what my intentions are. Um, I've been running rehab and I've been a nurse for many years and my true goal is to help my clients with addiction. And I have been also offended by some of the comments by the people who don't work with people with addiction or maybe not have a family member that suffers from it. And the kind of um, comments about, you know, just kind of deal with it. The reason why you were having this meeting is because you've listed it as a special use. If you didn't list it as a special use, we wouldn't even be talking about this. I have nothing against Lucretia. I think the program you're doing is great. The equity, the core, I, I think she did a great job with her presentation and I am supportive of her and, and dispensaries, just not right next to a rehab. This is why you have it listed as special use and why we're having this discussion. You as commissioners 
of the community. You are the voice of the community. You have an ethical right to make these decisions based on what is good for the community. My clients are patients of the community. They are trying to get their lives to, together. And so this isn't a question of whether or not I'm in support of the dispensary or in support of Lucretia or what she doesn't or doesn't does or doesn't deserve it. I think she does. What I am asking is that you guys find her a different location, help her find a different location, fast track her so that she makes those deadlines and respect the fact that there are people here struggling with addiction that will, you know, most likely relapse from that. And I get it. There's triggers everywhere. I did not purposely put this location here for because I you know saw a bunch of alcohol I didn't know fats pizza served beer until after I moved in I'm not super familiar with that location I put it there because it's close to Kaiser and 75 percent of my clients have Kaiser and they pick up their medications and we deal with mental health this used to be the old addiction medicine center for Kaiser who I work with very very closely and collaborate with this is why that location was chosen not for any other reason and um that is an explanation to that. Um, I strongly ask that you help Lucretia find a different location and you deny this permit so that you're, you guys are trying to help one person and disregarding the many people that will come through these doors that are seeking help and trying to save their lives and families that are sending these people here to get treatment. So ultimately, you know, at the end of the night, I hope you guys sleep comfortably knowing that whatever decision you made does affect hundreds of people that are in very early sobriety that are the most fragile at this time, coming out of residential treatment or just stopping use within days. Yes, they are responsible for their actions and they get that. But you have right now the decision to decide whether or not you're going to aid in their recovery or whether you are going to hinder it with what you decide tonight. So again, that's all I have to say. And I will take whatever questions that you have. Thank you very much, Vicki. We'll go on to our, we'll continue on with um, commissioner comments and motions. And next we have uh, vice chair Wallace. Thank you, chair. I have some notes. I just wanted to share some thoughts. Um, I'm, still in support of staff recommendation. Um, I live in Midtown and I am veritably surrounded by cannabis. And I don't think it contributes to some of the decline that's happened in the last several years. I attribute that more to the pandemic um, and the impacts of um, our increased rent on the neighborhoods. And I haven't really noticed, and I live very close to Cookies, to, to what will be Crystal Nugs. I live close to Sky Cloud. Um, I live down the street from a therapeutic alternative. And I've never found any of these um, companies or businesses to be a nuisance to the neighborhood. So I wanted to share that as a manner of addressing some of the concern that folks have in these other um, neighborhoods. And then I also want to note that like until recently, like Midtown was a fairly low income area. Uh, the other thing I'd like to say about why is this concentration happening is just sort of um, piggybacking on what Commissioner Boyd was talking about, which is that it's a historical issue that is was created by public policy. And this is a public policy that is intended to help remedy that. 
And that's really all I have to say. I don't, I don't want to dismiss any of the other concerns that folks have raised. Um, but we're going to have overlapping uses because the city's built out and um, the staff has recommended this. And so uh, I want to acknowledge that this, this, um, this applicant has done everything right. So thank you. Thank you, Vice Chair Wallace. Commissioner Cobill. Thank you, Chair. I want to speak on behalf of the, in favor of the motion. Uh, let me start off by saying I've been serving on the Planning Design Commission for 10 and a half years. And the number one thing that has come that 10 and a half years is cannabis. And I have learned so much. And a lot of it I've learned the hard way by making mistakes. Um, I've learned, the city of Sacramento has learned um, and, you know, when staff earlier said that, yeah, people want to get into retail places because they, they got forced to go into uh, manufacturing and industrial areas. I'm sorry. I was part of that. That was mistakes we made. And Commissioner Wallace, uh, my office is right next door to ther therapeutic alternatives. I've watched over the years paid attention and watched good operators and bad operators. And I think that's what we've all learned over the years. This is a new industry and we're learning how to handle this industry. And at the beginning, after w watching bad operators, my thing was, I don't want something like that near a thousand feet of anything. And unfortunately that's what forced them all out into the industrial manufacturing areas. Where are you? Come on, you don't want a retail business in an industrial and manufacturing area. I apologize, I was a big part of that, but I've learned and the city has learned and I've seen what happens. I, I saw the place next door to me go from a horrible operator to a great operator to where now they are basically the city's model on how to do things now. And I've learned that in most cases, you'll, you'll find when one of these businesses goes in, it's going to improve the neighborhood. Therapeutic alternatives has improved my neighborhood. There's no more, there's no more loitering. There's no more trash. There's no more illegal parking from that business. They've improved the neighborhood. And uh, we had another, we've, we've, every one of the dispensaries you've talked about, I was part of the approval process of, so I'm very familiar with all of them. Um, we had one where we were deciding if we were going to approve them after they were, if we were going to allow them to be grandfathered, and they were a horrible operator. I mean, the whole city council chambers was packed of neighbors speaking against it. And because I had learned some mistakes I had had, I convinced the planning commission to, instead of shutting them down, to let's give them several more, let's give them, I can't remember exactly what it was, six months, and said, okay, you need to go get security. You need to do all these things that Therapeutic Alternative has been doing. And they were doing, I forget what it was, I think it was something like four times the amount of business that Therapeutic Alternative Service was doing. Yet none of the things, none of the security or anything. So we allowed them to go back and rebuild. And when they did come back again to see if they could stay, 
huge amount of that whole neighborhood came and spoke on their behalf on how now the neighborhood is better. And let me talk about this neighborhood. So uh, I lived in South Sacramento. It was many years ago, but I lived there for 20 years. Um, I've, I'm in real estate. I've sold so many houses in that area, including my daughter bought her first house in the Valley High area. In fact, I think my very first house I sold was just a couple blocks away. My veterinarian was in this uh, um, shopping center. Uh, I used to go, my kids, grandkids' uh, birthday parties were in the pizza place next door. So I know this area very well. The real estate company I worked for had offices all over Sacramento, but they had one on the corner of Mac and La Mancha, which is now the CVS pharmacy. That was our real estate office. And when I would work, when any area I would go to and meet people, I would go to that office. So I was in that office all the time. Yes, these were challenged areas, but as Commissioner Boyd has said, it's, it's, it's come up tremendously. But the shopping centers, just like many of them all over the country now, a lot of them are hurting because retail is changing and retail businesses, retail shopping centers are hurting. And to me, getting somebody in this retail space that's empty, I think it was, it was broken into just a few days ago, probably from homeless people that are in the area. You get somebody who's going to finally move into this area and it's, it's you could have somebody that's selling TVs. But I'm, what I want to try to propose to you to see that by having this type of business there with what the city is going to require them to do, it's actually going to improve that area. It's going to protect that area more, even the rehab center around the corner. So you know, I, uh, you know, I went through all this. I saw those sensitive uses, and I went, it's, just, it's a no-brainer to me. It's fine. The rehab center, it did throw me for a loop for a while. You know, I went back and forth on it. Uh, I have a relative very close to me just coming out of rehab now. Talked to that person, talked to several other uh, friends that have gone through it. Um, they're going to be tested all day long as soon as they walk out the door. Um, and as several others have said, there's plenty of alcohol situations right there. Um, and it's probably more alcohol than drugs than it's going to be cannabis. Um, so I just think this is uh, it's going to be beneficial for the area. Um, and I'm, I'm in favor of the motion. Oh, I also want to talk about the uh, concentration. You know, because we have worked on this so much, a lot of you do know, this is not the heavy concentration that we see in so many areas. Uh, three, that's it. And really, one of them's on way over on the other side of the freeway. And the other one um, that we've been discussing, um, you know, to have to go out, it's, it's quite a ways away, really, if you consider, you know, the heavy traffic you have to go through to get to it. It's, it's to me, it's nowhere near as what uh, Commissioner Wallace just said. My office is in Midtown, East Sac, and they're, they're on every few blocks down there now. So it's a lot of your, uh, you know, I think anytime some, this is going to come into a neighborhood, people are so concerned with uh, marijuana, period, that they don't want it in their neighborhood. 
what I would try to explain to them is, you know, you're going to have all this security. It's going to improve your neighborhood. And somebody's going to walk into the building and walk out and leave. Walk into the building, walk out and leave. Um, I think overall it's going to be beneficial for the neighborhood. Thank you. I'll yield. Thank you very much, Commissioner Colville. Commissioner Bluckybaum. Thank you, Chair. First of all, uh, Lakeisha, congratulations on your wedding. That's exciting. Uh, and I also want to say uh, congratulations on a, a really uh, fantastic presentation. Um, I want to uh, you know, express my uh, support for the, the core program and core applicants, not unlike the last uh, applicant that was before us tonight. I'm going to confine uh, my decision making tonight just to Title 17. And for reasons similar to the, uh, the last time we heard your project, uh, I am concerned about the, the proximity to um, uh, to, to sensitive uses. Uh, I agree with um, one of the public commenters tonight, Maisha, that, that we should be treating mar marijuana more like alcohol in a normalized uh, sort of professional kind of way. And if I, if there was an alcohol application tonight for a CUP uh, next to a, a treatment center, I think we'd be having the same or similar conversation about the appropriateness of, of citing uh, a use like that next to another sensitive use. And so for that reason, I'm, I'm not going to support the, uh, the motion. Thanks, Chair. Thank you, Commissioner Puckybaum. Commissioner Buckley. Uh, thank you, Chair. Um, I am in support of the staff uh, recommendation. Um, I think this project um, is sort of why the core program um, was created. And I think it does a lot to advance the agenda there. Um, I think it's a kind of an unfortunate situation where a lot of public policy um, goals are running into each other. Um, and I want to thank the public, uh, the applicant for the for another wonderful presentation, the recovery business owner, um, for um, for making uh, her statement as well. Um, and I'll say just to Raj, who uh, was the person I think who was um, in the recovery center, um, that I'm really sorry that you had to hear some of the dismissive comments about addiction. Um, you know, my my support of um, the staff recommendations not rooted in some notion that addiction is simply about choices. Um, and, you know, I really, I'm really uh, rooting for you in your struggle. Um, I think, you know, we have three public policy goals here that we're really trying to contend with. Um, the opportunity to engage in recovery in a safe way over concentration of um, uses that we're concerned about and then the core program. And I don't think anything nefarious had to occur for us to be faced with this set of challenging choices um, and facing these, these tough issues. So I just want to say that. Um, and, um, you know, this applicant has done their job um, and it can't be good public policy to allow this much process and investment to happen in a business when the applicant gets everything right and the result is that they're told no um, by the planning commission. So um, I think that frustrates the purpose of the core program. And so um, I really encourage us to support the staff recommendation. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Buckley. Commissioner Young. Yes, um, I, I had a follow-up question for Vicki. Vicki, thank you for um, being in attendance. Um, you know, I, I think that, um, I think you had sort of answered the, the my initial question of kind of why that particular space, given the fact that there were all these triggers for alcohol. Um, you know, my my kind of follow up question is that you know, given that th this is this 
project is is a possibility of actually being a neighbor um, with with you. Um, you know, is there any possibility for for both of you to work together to find some sort of agreement in place in which your clients, should they relapse or whatnot, um, be prohibited from purchasing any items uh, at, at that store? And, and the reason why I'm saying this is, you know, my, my understanding of uh, this facility is that there is an entrance way that you kind of have to come in, provide your ID, um, and you kind of get checked. And then at that point, you're allowed to come in. And so, you know, my question is, is that a, a solution or can you guys find some solution together, both of you guys, where like, hey, any of your clients that are on, that you are working with, that that is a list that is given to Lucretia's store operators. They're on that list. And, you know, for whatever reason, if they're, they're having a bad day, um, you say, hey, thank you. I know you want to come in, but we, we just can't sell to you. Um, is, is something like that possible, some sort of arrangement um, that, that can be done to, to kind of at least some way of supporting your clients? Um, can you guys hear me responding? Yeah. So um, clients that are in outpatient are protected by HIPAA, so I cannot read the client names. Um, you know, this is, it's again, I don't think Lucretia should be put in a position where she's policing who is a client and who is not. I think it's the same reason why you have, you know, daycares and other things listed as special use. You know, are you telling every special use situation to work together with, you know, an approved site for something that you know is, you know, something that would be an issue? So um, I don't see how we could work together. I mean, the issue is this just. Vicki? Did we lose her? Yeah. Uh, Steph, Steph, can you see if um, Vicki is back online? It appears she is no longer online. Thank you. Well, um, please notify us if she calls back in again. Um, Commissioner Young, did you have additional comments? Yeah, yeah, I did. Um, yeah, I'd like to just continue that conversation with with Vicki. Um, but, you know, the kind of the second point that I wanted to make was, you know, I, I, I think with regards to the oversaturation comment in that particular area, um, you know, I will Hello? say that. Oh, hey. Hi, sorry. I'm yeah. not in a good area. So uh -huh. I'm sorry, I'm not, not really quite sure where, where I disconnected. Oh, I think you were I think you were indicating about how, you know, uh, it, it, I think you were saying that we, we, I was implying that we would put it some sort of, you know, forced agreement for you guys yeah. to kind of like yeah. work together. And, and, that yeah, and I don't and I don't think Lucretia should have to deal with that either. You know, she should be able to run her business and feel free to, you know, sell to whoever, um, you know, I, I think the I issue think is Mary. Yeah, Vicki, I apologize, but I'll, and I'll let you finish your sentence here. And I, I just want to communicate. I'm not in favor of some sort of additional legislative, um, you know, overlay on top of this, right? I, I think, Vicki, what I'm, I'm trying to communicate is I think Lucretia has made efforts to communicate to you 
as, as a neighbor to figure out a way, is there any way to mitigate those concerns that you have for your clients, which are totally legitimate concerns? Um, is there any way to mitigate that um, from happening in, in terms of you guys working, you know, some sort of solution together as neighbors, you know, in some cooperative way? Um, yeah. Is there any openness on, on your end? I mean, there's openness on my end to work on it, but the problem is our landlord has designated where my clients are able, either supposed to smoke or loiter during breaks. And that happens to be right at the back of where sh her business is going to be um, and kind of in that area. So it just poses as a serious temptation and a trigger for them. Okay. Okay. And, um, you know, people who work with people with addiction, um, relapse is very quick and sometimes it's very impulsive and, you know, marijuana itself, maybe not their main drug, but it leads to the other ones that do kill them like fentanyl and, you know, benzos and the other things. It just happens to be what sometimes they relapse on first. And so the, you know, it's not the same as the pizza place where it's a pizza place. Okay. Yeah. I, and I'm just trying to get educated on the, the issues, Vicki. So I, I appreciate it. I'm just trying to see, is, is there some sort of compatibility that, that somehow could work, you know, um, so that your clients are not, you know, being exposed to, to, to that. Um, so thank you. Um, I, yeah, I think that the second comment I wanted to make was just with regards to the saturation issue, um, you know, that, that particular area, most of the storefronts are occupied. Um, I, I, I very, have a hard time seeing, you know, just a, a, a large number of dispensaries popping up in that area because it, it, it's, it's a vibrant area as far as, I know, know that the retail's struggling, but, but from what I can see that most of those storefronts are occupied and uh, with that I'll yield. Thank you, Commissioner Young. Commissioner Boyd. Thank you, Chair. Um, I have a question for Robert. Uh, Robert, if you would give us the dates again. Um, there were a few. Uh, the dates I'm looking for is when did the rehab center owner, Vicki, sorry if I'm butchering your last name, Mag, Mag, I'll stick with Vicki. Um, first, um, first apply to legally operate her rehab center near the applicant's location? Um, I, I think Kevin has that knowledge better. Um, basically, okay. we got information sometime in October. Sometime in October, okay. Uh, to that, well, let me ask, in the conversation, or in the presentation, excuse me, in the conversation that, the, um, that Vicki gave, um, that her decision to to establish her business where she did without looking around to see what other businesses were in the area, I guess that's pretty much like sight unseen purchasing, but her re decision to locate there was based upon the uh, uh, the hospital, Kaiser Hospital, just being across the street to where she would be getting her clientele. To that, I'm not in the business. I don't know, but I'm just going by, 
my information of, of what I've seen throughout the years of rehabilitation centers being somewhere out of the beaten path in a more quiet, relaxed area, not near triggers and or the medical facility to which they just spent time in because of their affliction. Uh, and in, in as Vicki had stated, well, perhaps the city could assist Vicki in finding a location for her to relocate that is out of the way of such uh, temptation that her clientele won't be looking at. And whatever those costs are, however Vicky was uh, stating for Ms. King to do, perhaps the city could do uh, for Vicky and her rehab center. And lastly, well, you know what, um, I'll, I'll end it there. Thank you, Chair. Thank Did you. you want me to respond to any of that? Commissioner Boyd, were you directing questions to Vicki? Sorry, my screen was jumping there. It wasn't, it was a statement for all to hear. And the last in regards to uh, assisting Vicki to perhaps relocate her facility um, was a guided question to the city if and if they could uh, uh, assist her in doing that if that was the case to be. Thank you, Commissioner Boyd. Uh, next, we have Commissioner Chase. Thank you, Chair. Um, boy, I think we've really been presented with quite a conundrum here uh, on this uh, project. It, uh, no easy answer, and I've really wrestled with this thing uh, from both sides. Um, and, and there are, you know, two sides to it for sure, both that have validity. That said, uh, after reviewing everything, I'm not going to go through. We've heard everyone speak. Uh, I am going to favor uh, and uh, vote for uh, approval of this project. One other thing I wanted to add, though, and I think it's kind of to the city, is a thank you, if you will, um, for uh, hiring EPS to do that study that we we now have to to draw on. I've known the founder of EPS for the last 30 years. I mean, they're just a they have credibility, uh, you know, uh, beyond question. That study, I think, has finally uh, put to, at least, you know, put to rest a lot of the misconceptions about cannabis in various locations. And I lived, uh, as some of the other commissioners here, I lived uh, uh, around the corner from, uh, oh, God, All About Wellness, I think, on 21st. A great neighbor. Oh, my God. I mean, just, you know, absolutely wonderful. So absolutely no concerns about uh, cannabis within a neighborhood no property value effects. I, I, I really am grateful for that study to finally allow us to, you know, kind of, because it's a very common criticism and it has been, you know, all along, oh, property values, crime, everything else. Well, we're finding out, no, that's really not the case. Uh, so, you know, for that, I, I am thankful. And I would like to have, you know, whoever did hire EPS uh, to, to know that I think that was a very good move and it's going to help us moving forward. Uh, but again, as I say, after reviewing everything, uh, and, and I, I, I do feel bad, and I understand for Vicki, uh, I have had friends and people that I know uh, in rehab uh, addicted. It's not an easy thing. Um, uh, that said, though, I believe that Lucretia has just done a, a, a tremendous job of, of bringing to 
to life here, a business that I think that will be very helpful, very well run. And, and again, for that, I, I will be, uh, 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 you know, voting in favor of the, uh, the motion. Thank you. Thank you very much, Commissioner Chase. Commissioner Lindsay. Um, thank you, Madam Chair. Um, I appreciate listening to all of the comments by the commissioners, uh, the presentation uh, from the applicant and, um, and, the, and the presentation from the rehab center. Um, the first tour I received as a commissioner was to therapeutic alternatives. And it was quite an eye opener, um, not familiar with, with that type of business at all at the time. And uh, I was very impressed with the due diligence of the owner, the security, how the operation was run. And as uh, Commissioner Colville said, it's, it's the operator that makes the business. Uh, I too and my family have recovering addicts. Uh, it's a day-to-day -day process. It's not easy. Um, you can talk about triggers. Uh, the triggers are everywhere. When you're even even before you leave your home, there's there's triggers. Um, so how how do we balance that? How do we balance that when the state of California voters said we want their, we want a recreational cannabis? How do we balance that when the city said we want to have that industry in our city? So we have to look at in my opinion, the, the operator. It's, it's the operator that makes the business on any business, whether, whether it's selling liquor or cannabis. It's the operator that makes the business. And I appreciate all the work um, that Ms. King put into her Pre, her presentation and bringing, bringing such a comprehensive business plan to us. And um, like I said, it, it's, it's not easy, <laughs> um, but it is, now, it is now a legalized um, here in California, here in Sacramento. And um, so for those reasons, um, I will be supporting staff recommendation. Thank you, Commissioner Lindsay. Commissioner Pluckybaum. I think we're probably getting close to a vote here. I just wanted to see if um, uh, Vicki had any, um, uh, any response to some of the comments that were made earlier uh, before we move on. Vicki, are you uh, um, I, yeah. yeah. Um, I just wanted to respond to, um, I think it's Commissioner Boyd. He wanted to know when we were legally um, allowed to operate, and that's when our Joint Commission accreditation went through on 12-28. It renewed, and it allowed us to do outpatient. His comment about shouldn't rehabs be in far-off places, 
where there's no triggers, yes, we do have residential facilities that are located in those, but in outpatient facilities, you want them where it's convenient for people to drive to you and go home because they are coming from their home and this is a step-down type of treatment from residential. I would really advise that if commissioners are going to make comments about my field of expertise, that they also do some research on it before just blindly making comments on addiction and recovery. Um, that's like me speaking to what you guys do when I know nothing about planning, designing, and commissioning things. So, you know, I am at my office. I'm happy to go to any one of your offices for more information, to give you more detail, to give you more information on just the addiction treatment field. This is what my life's work is. So my intentions are not revenue as much as saving people's lives. I can't say the same for Mr. Boyd. Is his intention for this revenue related for the city of Sacramento, or is this truly for the good of this city? So those are my responses to him. Thank you, Vicki. Thank you, Chair. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Pluckybaum. Commissioner Young. Yeah, I, I honestly, I was, I was shaken by, by Vicki's comments about, you know, how these, you know, really it, it is the, um, it is the cannabis or the marijuana that could lead to, um, whatever a, a desire for for more dangerous drugs right that 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 is separating from the alcohol i think we just i just wanted to clarify that point because that that was a very powerful point that that vicky had um indicated i uh this has been a very difficult decision for me i mean that that's new information from vicky and it obviously it's kind of making me waver in my positioning but you know i mean from from what i can gather from um, you know, all the, the commissioners, it looks like this is going to go through. And, um, but at the same time, I, I will say that, you know, look, I would like for Lucretia to, to kind of maybe respond, because I think that Lucretia is a good operator. And um, this uh, is, in some ways, a ministry to her, I think she she has spoken about her faith based background and how um, she has, she, it is just part of her MO right, to, to be a good neighbor and whatever that may mean. And so uh, if Lucretia, if you are still on, I would just really like to just hear, um, you know, any comments that you might have with regards to that information and, and perhaps, you know, your resolve to, to work with Vicki, um, should she still want to be in that location to, to work with her um, to, in whatever way she, um, you know, whatever way you guys can do to, to just kind of help mitigate the situation. Yes, thank you for the opportunity to speak and um, even in our conversation from earlier. And yes, my position in regards to the outreach and community is not going to change whether um, Vicki would like to work with myself and my um, team or not. Um, we are still going to make a conscientious effort to implement, not just discuss, but to uh, implement um, programs and support to causes when it comes to cannabis uh, awareness, cannabis education, and abstention when it comes to uh, the youth groups, right? So these are already uh, programs and intentions that we have set up in which we have had conversations and would like to engage and allow for there to be a seat for a Vicky, if she's willing to, to come and sit so she can lay her expertise, expertise on the table to help us navigate the approach on how we approach the community. 
it it's it's not that we're just trying to uh, open again. I and many have people have supported this. I do come from a more holistic approach, perhaps because I have a, a not cured and not curable illness that I deal with every single day. So I do and am very aware, right, of the product and the benefits of the product. But I I also am aware that in my community, there is not enough cannabis education to keep people from even, or to help people to properly use it. So we want to help with education of overuse. We want to help with education on what um, a cannabis sickness looks like, right? We want to be an integral part of the community and helping that vulnerable community. Like Vicki would know, right? A lot more than I would. For instance, I've been working with the youth department for the majority of my life. So if you guys would like to have a conversation on what the youth is actually saying and how they're participating in cannabis, I may have, you know, a, a better conversation to to uh, offer up than she has. So I do actually appreciate the fact that she is a part of that community and has a lot that she can. And, and honestly, she should have asked of us, right? Because we we are we are wanting to be in alignment. So there may be things, there may be programs programs we can support, right? There may be um, a, a larger scale that needs to be addressed, a larger cause, a larger advocacy that is near and dear to Vicky's heart that is actually towards this. And we would be one of those organizations out of all of her business neighbors who actually have an intention to be a part of that conversation in this community. So, I mean, Again, I, I have all intentions moving forward, you know, regardless of uh, our, our business relationship as neighbors, for us to move forward and be a part of this um, re-education. I'm I, I, I bringing something in here that I understand has misconceptions of being that gateway drug. We, we definitely know that there when it comes to substances altogether, we understand that we have issues with those throughout all communities. We, we really want to be in there and help intercept. We wanna be able to help properly educate on those stances. I, I don't uh, particularly right now, and I, I, I know that Vicki may have data and resources and those types of things. I will have an entire staff allow us to train do workshops for us to educate us on what's going on, to allow us to see someone and maybe identify that. Allow us as a dispensary to help people to handle those substance abuses, even if it's not cannabis. Vicki, I don't care if it's cannabis. I don't care if it's any other abuse. I am with you. I don't want to contribute to anyone abusing our products either. So, you know, that conversation could be had and then I basically feel like through that dialogue of us learning a little bit more about the two industries that we do both believe in, and we both believe that they can help and heal the communities, I think together we'd be able to have that conversation and develop a program and a plan. This is what I do. I develop programs, plans, activities, meetings, events, activities. We do that. And I know I can do that with Vicki, and I feel like we can do it in a way that'll help us both help and heal the community. Thank you, Lucretia. You're welcome. I yield. Thank you, Commissioner Young. Uh, Commissioner Boyd. Thank you, Chair. I'll, I'll be brief. Um, just, uh, just um, responding back to the owner. Just, 
as um, we can go back to the tape, my words were, I wasn't making the a direct comment. Um, I believe what I stated was not being in the rehab center, a rehab field, if it is my knowledge um, that I have to where rehab centers would be located. Um, and, in, and in addressing, am I making a decision based upon what is right or, or uh, am I making a decision um, in regards for the benefit of revenue generation for the city? Um, clearly, Vicki hasn't been to a lot of our planning and design commission meetings or city council meetings. Um, and I got that smile out of uh, Kendra there. But my point being, um, I am at odds a lot of the time with the city in regards to how business is done, but bringing it back to um, this conversation, um, I am always looking, not always looking, I'm always advocating 100% for doing what is right. And what is right is the decision on um, that I've made to second the motion to bring item B of uh, staff's report to approve this um, applicant's uh, uh, application. Um, two, two, two last things here. What I didn't hear from Vicki was an openness to relocate her business. Yes, as she stated, um, being in an area where clientele can drive home, okay, there's other areas where she could locate. But again, I didn't hear, hear her offered um, to be open to that possibility. And concluding with, as it's been hammered out, the applicant applied and had been on the books in regards to coming before the PDC well before the rehab center owner was able to legally operate. So with that, the rehab center should be looking to see what she can do to work with Ms. King and not the onus being on Ms. King. With that, thank you, Chair. Thank you, Commissioner Boyd. Commissioner Pluckybaum. I'll call the question. Thank you. Okay. Um, I, I, I'll just make a final comment and, and say that a lot of the things that were stated here already, I, um, I've been deliberating over with myself. I do want to say that I want to thank staff for the information. I want to congratulate Lucretia to getting to this point and congratulate her on her daughter's entrance into college. I want to thank um, Vicki in, in all of the work that she does to serving the community. Um, I, I don't think it's fair to characterize um, the, the Diamond House Recovery Center as an illegal offer, you know, that they were illegally operating. They just have different rules and um, also want to commend her for uh, for uh, the patients for for choosing the road to, to recovery. So there's a lot of things to weigh here. I think one of the things that stands out to me the most is that it's it's this overlapping of filings and, and operation timelines. And as Commissioner Colville said, it, it highlighted something that we're continued learning as a city and as a planning commission. So I think that this is the first time that this has happened where we see this this gap and this this potential kink this kink in the process, and that's a learning opportunity for us going forward. Um, I do want to say that it's my understanding that uh, this is not the first example where the city has a cannabis facility operating near a sense of use, um, and so we know that in the city it can also work um, 
uh, work out. Um, so I'm very sympathetic to um, both sides and, and the Diamond facility um, and, and what they do. Um, and with that, I, I do want to express my support to Lucretia and her project as well. Um, so thank you everybody for your time um, for this. This is a really difficult issue. Um, there's a lot of factors here. And so uh, with that, I think we'll call the, call the roll for a vote. Thank you, Chair. Commissioner Boyd. I, in regards to item B of the staff report to approve. <coughs> Commissioner Buckley. Aye. Commissioner Chase. Aye. Commissioner Coville. Aye. Commissioner Lindsay. Aye. Commissioner Macias Reed. Aye. Commissioner Klegebaum. No. Commissioner Yi. Aye. Commissioner Young. Aye. Vice Chair Wallace. Aye. Chair Hernandez. Aye. Motion passes. Congratulations, Lucretia. And um, we hope that you and Vicky continue to work forward together and improve uh, the community and the services uh, in, that, in that district and in that neighborhood. Um, moving on to item number six. Uh, this is the Sacramento Music Hall P22-020. As mentioned, this item is being continued and it will be continued uh, heard on January 26th of 2023. The next item, um, actually, before we move on to the next item, folks, I would like to um, take the liberty to take a quick five-minute break. Um, so, uh, Madam Clerk, if you wouldn't mind, um, if we could recess for just five minutes. Sounds good. Thank you. Thank you.
Commissioners, the time is now 8.37. If we cannot return to the meeting. Thank you, Chair. Would you like me to restart the live stream? Yes, please. Will do. Chair staff is ready when you are. Thank you very much. We'll now move on to item number seven. This is uh, 905 S Street Apartments, P22-033. Commissioners, any disclosures or recusals? Commissioner Yee. Thank you. Uh, due to my relationship with Architectural Nexus, I will recuse myself from the uh, discussion and the vote on this item. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Yee. Commissioner Coville. Yes, I uh, received an email from representative of the applicant. Thank you, Commissioner Coville. Vice Chair Wallace. Chair, I um, met with the applicant and the applicant's representative on item 27-4. Thank you, Vice Chair. Commissioner Macias-Reed. I met with uh, the, rep the applicant and the representative as well, um, consistent with staff report. Thank you, Commissioner Macias-Reed. Commissioner Pluckybaum. Same. Thank you, Commissioner Pluckybaum. Commissioner Lindsay. Same. Thank you, Commissioner Lindsay. Commissioner Young. Same. Thank you very much. Um, I think those are all the disclosures. Um, I see several hands still up. Uh, I also want to say that I received an email from the applicant and I was not able uh, to schedule time to discuss okay. the project. Um, so we will move on to staff presentation and we have Zach uh, here to do the presentation whenever you're ready. Great. Good evening to the chair and fellow commissioners. My name is Zach Dalla, associate planner with the community development department. The item before you is 905 S Street Apartments project located at 905 and 925 S Street. The application is for a conditional use permit to exceed 100 dwelling units per net acre within a quarter mile of light rail station in the RMX SPD zone and Central City Special Planning District and site plan and design review for the demolition of existing buildings and the construction of a seven-story mixed-use infill housing development with deviations to height and setback standards. The 264,894 square foot building will be approximately 79.6 feet in height and include 227 multi-unit dwellings, 7,152 square feet of ground floor commercial retail slash restaurant space, podium level courtyards, and two levels of secured vehicle parking with a total of 92 spaces accessed via Rice Alley. The project complies with the development standards of the RMX SPD zone, except for height and front and street side setback requirements. As outlined in the staff report, staff believe the project as designed meets the purpose and intent of these standards and staff is supportive of the proposed deviations. Staff mailed public hearing notices to all property owners, residents, and neighborhood associations within 500 feet of the project site as well as posted a hearing notice at the project site. <clears throat> to date, staff has received nine letters of support and three letters of opposition. One of those letters of opposition was from Architectural Nexus. Architectural Nexus did reach out to staff this afternoon to inform us that while they are not retracting their original opposition letter, 
uh, work on an agreement between Anthem and Architectural Nexus is proceeding in a positive trajectory, and they feel everyone involved has been working in good faith. Uh, staff is recommending that the commission approve the project because it is consistent with the urban corridor high designation, the Central City specific plan, the RMX SPD zone, the Central City SPD, and the R Street corridor supplemental design guidelines. It provides 227 dwelling units and ground floor commercial spaces near existing public and alternative transit services. It provides a vibrant street presence by engaging both street frontages with commercial uses and quality design. It limits vehicle and pedestrian conflicts with vehicle access from the alley. It revitalizes properties along S Street that have been vacant or underutilized. And lastly, it continues the overall positive momentum of development and investment in the central city in our street corridor. With that, that concludes my presentation. Uh, staff is available to answer any questions you may have regarding the project. Additionally, applicant Rian Beer from Anthem is in attendance tonight and available to answer any questions as well as provide a brief update on the status of the architectural nexus discussions. Thank Thanks. you. Thank you, Zach. Um, whenever the applicant is ready. Good evening, everyone. Uh, my name is Rian De Beer. Uh, I am the Vice President of Development at Anthem Properties. And uh, we're excited to see this project coming forward tonight. If approved, it will play an important role in the ongoing revitalization of the R Street Corridor and provide 227 sorely needed dedicated rental homes. But in the interest of time, I'm going to limit my comments just to provide an update on the offsite solo solution with Park Nexus. Uh, we have been and continue to be in regular communication with Art Nexus, who owns 930 R Street. Uh, and the tone of our conversations have been robust and constructive, uh, but they've never been adversarial. It has been professional and focused on finding solutions. And to solve their concerns, we have to be partners with Art Nexus. Um, 930R is a precedent-setting building in Sacramento. It's a prototype, uh, maybe even a living experiment of how buildings could evolve in the future to be self-sustaining. And in our discussions with Art Nexus, they were very clear about the fact that they are not opposed to redevelopment in principle, but that their opposition was driven primarily from the concern about how shadowing their building may impact their solar capacity and by extension, their ability to continue to be that living experiment. Mm -hmm. uh, and if we could solve that, they would not be in opposition to the project. Uh, in identifying their concern, the city also realized from staff that this is a concern that will be cropping up probably increasingly in the future on other development sites as buildings need to get higher on brownfield sites to create that sustainable and walkable communities that we're looking for. And as solar energy is increasingly required as part of the code. So the city was therefore eager to see us also produce a solution that can be replicated on other sites in the future. Uh, and so after meeting with the International Living Futures Institute uh, and collectively with Art Nexus, we came up with the offsite solution um, that is in the conditions of approval, uh, where we pay for the installation of a solar system on the roof of our new building, which will be owned by ArcNexus and which will be operated for their sole benefit. Um, and with that dedicated solar system, we will replace their annual loss of capacity resulting from our building's shadow and then with some additional spare capacity added in. Uh, the principle that Anthem committed to is clear. We need to make them whole. Uh, and ArcNexus confirmed that they support the offsite solution on the condition that we comply with the conditions of approval. And that's why uh, 
their support is still conditional today because we haven't fully completed our legal agreements. Um, but the conversation has already moved on from needing to agree to the principle as set out in the conditions of approval to really fleshing out the details and the wording of the required legal agreements. Uh, and we're currently working through the initial drafts of the easement documentation with ArtNexus. Uh, our legal counsel produced the first draft uh, and their legal counsel is currently reviewing it. Uh, and there, of course, of course, will be a series of conversations as we collectively think through all the aspects. But I'm happy to report that the conversation is already ongoing and we aim to finalize the details for execution uh, in the next few months. Um, and this is an innovative solution that creates a win-win. ArcNexus maintains their ability to continue to be a living experiment. City gains a precedent-setting solution to add to their toolbox. And we get to do what we do best, which is to build rental housing. Uh, and in the context of the current housing crisis, hopefully maximize the potential housing supply from this site. But in the end, the solution belongs to ArcNexus. Uh, this is their building, which they are rightfully very proud of. And this is their next chapter. This is ArcNexus demonstrating uh, the essence of their building's philosophy, which is a living building with an ability to respond to and adapt to a changing environment in a way that remains sustainable and to show that it can be done in a densifying and rapidly changing urban environment. Um, it wasn't easy, but we did it with reasonable neighbors working together to do something new and it turned a potential big negative into a big positive. Uh, and I'm going to leave my comments at that and say I'm ready to answer any questions that you may have. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, we will, excuse me one second. Okay, we will move on to Commissioner questions. I see Commissioner Chase is ready. Uh, thank you, Chair. Yeah, not so much a question, but I, I was a little bit late getting back after the break and did want to uh, uh, indicate that I had met with the applicant uh, in person, had a discussion, and uh, I just wanted to be, that to be on the record. Thank you very much, Commissioner Chase. Um, commissioners, any questions for the applicant or staff? Seeing no hands raised, we will open up the public comment period. Um, I believe that uh, we had a few e-comments uh, before 5.30 p.m. today. One was in support and one was neutral or mixed. Um, so that is on uh, the record that commissioners were able to view that before 5.30 p.m. today. There are no additional e-comments after 5.30 p.m. today. Um, and uh, we can now go on to those who are participating here on, on Zoom. Uh, Madam Clerk, would you please queue up the public speakers? Yes, thank you. Our first speaker is Victor Burbank. Um, good evening, everybody. I'm Victor Burbank. I'm uh, one of the principals. I'm senior principal at Architectural Nexus um, and uh, working with Anthem, uh, as Rian uh, mentioned, through this process. Um, our building is something that we uh, are really proud of. We know it's groundbreaking um, and and something that shows the commitment we have to the city, to that community, to our neighborhood. Um, we struggled with uh, this at the beginning, and that was obviously the the uh, reason for submitting the letter. But um, as Zach mentioned, and as Rian. Um, 
spoke in his overview um, through a series of meetings with Anthem. Uh, you know, we feel like um, they're working in good faith. We're working in good faith. We're optimistic that we'll figure the particulars out um, and that this will actually um, be something that not only is a continuation of what we have done in the efforts and the um, sort of showing showing the way to highly sustainable architecture for us, but something that can be a template um, for similar situations in other parts of the city. And really, since Sacramento wants to be an example for sustainable construction and sustainable design, um, that it could be an example for for other uh, cities and municipalities to to look at. Thank you. Thank you for your comments. Our next speaker is Annie Keyes. Thank you. Uh, good evening, commissioners and staff. This is Annie Keyes calling in on behalf of the Downtown Sacramento Partnership to express our strong support for the mixed-use development proposal at 905 S Street. The Downtown Partnership is excited that the proposed high-density multifamily housing project represents exactly the type of urban infill prioritized in the city's general plan and housing element. The project will bring much-needed housing near the Central Business District, dining and entertainment venues, light rail stations, and cultural amenities. We have first-hand experience on the type of projects Anthem Properties creates, and we're thrilled to see them furthering their investment in Sacramento. We strongly urge the Commission to support the 905 S Street development to further enhance the experience for residents and patrons within the Central City. Thank you very much for the opportunity to comment. Thank you for your comments. Our next speaker is Wesley Fagundes. Hi, good evening. My name is Wesley and I'm calling in on behalf of the R Street Partnership. We are a property business improvement district representing over 200 businesses and property owners in the Midtown downtown area. And our district includes the proposed project site. The R Street corridor is well known for its eclectic mix of businesses, art, and a diverse range of housing options. The 905 S Street project will act as a catalyst for development on the western end of our district, while also supporting the unique characteristics and walkability of the surrounding neighborhood. We are thrilled to see Anthem Properties once again continue investment within the Sacramento region, and we look forward to welcoming more residents into the corridor if the project is approved. I appreciate your time tonight and urge you to support staff's recommendation. Thank you. Thank you for your comments. Our next speaker is Heather Fargo. Heather Fargo, it's your turn to speak. We are Street Partnership. We are a property business improvement district representing over 200 businesses and property owners in the Midtown downtown area. And our district includes the proposed project site. The R Street Corridor is well known for its eclectic mix of businesses, art, and a diverse range of housing options. Ms. Fargo, it's your turn to speak. Can you please turn off your audio? Well, on the west end of our audio. Well, 
So Heather, we'd like to hear from you on your public comments, um, but you have uh, the, you're probably watching this planning commission meeting on the back and we're hearing the feedback from the, from the meeting. Thank you. Tell me how I avoid that. Okay, I think we can hear you now, go ahead. Okay, well, hi, my name is Heather Fargo. Hello, commissioners. Um, glad to see you hard at work late at night. Um, I am the former mayor of Sacramento and actually a former council member for this particular Heather part of Sacramento. I'm sorry, can you, you can't hear me? Yes, we can hear you, please continue. Okay, I heard a voice, okay. This is an awkward system, as you know. Um, anyway, I represented the R Street um, area and was very involved in developing the R Street plan. Um, I worked closely with the area residents and the businesses to develop that plan. And how it was a controversy then, as it still is. Um, very proud of how R Street has been developing. Uh, but what I haven't heard from either the applicant or the staff is justification to increase the density and the height at this site um, above the approved plans. Um, and I certainly share our Nexus's concerns. Uh, so I'd like to hear from you on your public comments, um, but you have uh, the, you're watching this planning commission meeting on the back and we're hearing the feedback from the, from the meeting. Ms. Fargo, please continue. <laughs> I'm hearing the feedback from the meeting as well. Um, and I don't know how to fix that. Okay. Anyway, I share our Well, hi, my name is Heather Fargo. Hello, commissioners. Um, glad to see you. I guess I'm done. My apologies for not understanding your technology. Thank you for calling in. And we are happy to have your comments. Yes, Madam Clerk, are there any additional public comments? Thank you, Chair. We have no additional comments. Thank you very much. We'll close the public comment period and um, bring it back to the commissioners. Uh, commissioners, do you have any questions, additional questions, comments, and or now would be the time to make a motion. I see Commissioner Young. Yeah, I had a question for planning staff. Um, within the R Street corridor, are there any planned and proposed affordable housing projects um, in, in the R Street corridor? I can take that question. My name is Carlo Felix, senior planner with uh, community development. Um, I am not aware of any new development proposals uh, with income restricted units in it at this time. Um, I'd have to, not off the top of my head, at least I'd have to do additional research for that. Okay, thank you very much. I think it's just something that, you know, uh, our street quarter is really becoming a, a, a valuable community asset some exciting growth is happening there and i just want to see what we can do to ensure that you know, there is a, a diverse um diverse community um, from service workers or whatnot who are able to live in that area and um and to be able to thrive so i just my my i'm encouraging our, our planning staff and, and i know we're working on a, a mixed income housing ordinance um, but to, to think of creative solutions, given the, the lack of subsidy that's out there to, to figure out ways that we can um, create more kind of a mixed income uh, dynamic uh, in the R Street quarter. Thank you, Commissioner Young. Commissioner Chase. Thank you, Chair. Um, as I said earlier, I did meet with the applicant, but I, I wanted to just quickly mention uh, for those 
on the commission who may not be as familiar with the uh, International Living Buildings Institute, uh, I met the founder probably at least 10 years ago and have been following their development since then. It's an amazing uh, challenge to meet that and, and not an easy one as, as well. I've been a lead accredited professional for many, many years. Uh, the uh, living building challenge really takes uh, lead platinum, I think, to, to the extreme, to the nth degree above that. Uh, they're dealing with a, what's what we call it a triple net zero effect, uh, zero energy, uh, zero waste, and zero water uh, ultimately. Uh, and uh, you know, probably the most sustainable approach to building. And I, I think, and I would let uh, you know, uh, Mr. Burbank or someone else comment. I I think, or Mr. Yi, uh, Commissioner Yi would know. I believe this is one of the first uh, living building challenge certified uh, buildings in Northern California. Uh, but quite an accomplishment. The city has celebrated this building as well. So when I met with uh, 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 Mr. DeBeer uh, to discuss the project, one of my first, because of that background, one of my first comments is, was, as he knows, what about the Arch Nexus building behind you? You're sure going to be uh, putting that in the shadow. And so I, I was happy to hear what you heard from him tonight about the ongoing uh, efforts to uh, mitigate the effect of that building, because that building is too important to ignore. Uh, it needs to be respected and, and it needs to be elevated. Uh, but I think also, as we heard, you know, living building challenge, it's a living building and it's it's within the city. And to see it be able to be evolve with a neighbor, to, you know, compensate, mitigate. Uh, to me, that's really what it's all about. The city is never going to be a static uh, situation. So uh, I applaud the ongoing uh, collaboration here between uh, Arch Nexus and, and Anthem. And I I do hope that that will result, and I'm actually confident that it will result in a uh, in a positive solution. I did want to also just quickly comment on the uh, the design of the facility. Uh, I think am I looking to see if Bruce Monica, yeah Bruce Monica is still on board. Um, the difficulty of taking of the, the economics of buildings these days, especially residential buildings, has just push the, uh, the, the building out to the exterior skin, uh, essentially leaving one plane for the exterior. A little bit of in and out and back and forth, but uh, nowhere near the kind of in and out that we may have seen on buildings uh, you know, 20, 30 years ago, where it was affordable to have a lot of uh, recess and movement. To that end, I want to say, I think this building has just been very, very uh, successfully designed in terms of you know, between color and the movement of the building, of the facade, to, to produce a, a very, very uh, well-designed building. So uh, I, I will comment, I will applaud both the, the architects, uh, HRGA and, and uh, uh, Bruce Monaghan for, for bringing this building to this level of attention. So as I said, I look forward to seeing this uh, move forward uh, with resolving the, uh, the uh, energy, the situation, uh, which I'm sure they will. Um, and uh, with that, I, I highly, I think this is a great project and I will uh, make a motion for approval. Thank you, Commissioner Chase. We have a motion to approve staff recommendation by Commissioner Chase. We'll next move on to Vice Chair Wallace. Thank you, Chair. Uh, first, I will second uh, Commissioner Chase's motion. And then uh, I had a couple of questions and I don't know if they're for staff or for the applicant, but there are two things um, related to affordable housing. Um, we don't have a mixed income ordinance in place at the moment. However, we do have the in lieu fee that some developers are required to pay. I believe though that it's not, that does not extend to the central city and can staff clarify that? 
Yes, <clears throat> developments are, residential developments are subject to the housing impact fee. That fee does go down to a $0 rate once your density hits over 40 units per acre. So with the density of this development, they would qualify for that. Um, and then I guess maybe this is a question for the applicant, but um, I read an article about the project that you are working on on um, 11th and J uh, that <clears throat> this this company um, is a Canadian company. And <laughs> uh, if you follow affordable housing conversations in uh, Canada, which I tend to do, um, you know that uh, they've been wrestling with the same issues that we have for as, as long as we have, um, and that there are alternative or there are multiple alternatives to achieving uh, attainable housing. And so I was wondering if the applicant could speak to how they see this project as meeting those um, goals. Wow, that's a that's a big question. <laughs> 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 um, you can yeah. give us the, the highlights. <laughs> highlights, yeah. Um, I, I think first off, I, I, you know, what we're seeing in Canada is, yeah, we're seeing a lot of inclusionary housing policy happening uh, up in, in the Canadian sphere. Um, we're also seeing that it has some unintended consequences uh, in the sense that it makes the management of small groups of units that is dispersed through a variety of buildings harder. Uh, and especially to find nonprofit or low-cost housing operators uh, who can who can do that cost effectively in a, in a highly distributed form like that is is becoming quite challenging uh, for us in the cities that has the inclusionary policies um, it's a bit of a specialization to do affordable housing and and we certainly do not put ourselves out as specialists in the California market um, we're still very much in the crawl, walk, run kind of stage here and probably kind of coming up to walking in terms of learning the, the, the California uh, legal environment. Uh, and it seems highly complicated uh, and much more complicated than the Canadian environment, environment um, with your tax structures and your incentive structures that's created. Um, and certainly there's groups like CADA and, and, and other groups that specialize in that that is very good. At, at extracting the, the incentives that's available. Um, but for us, that's a bit of a specialized knowledge that we don't have yet. And so we're for now sticking to what we know well, which is to provide market housing. Um, but I, when I say that, I think it's also important to acknowledge that all forms of housing is important uh, and all forms of housing contribute towards uh, addressing the housing crisis and the affordability crisis. Um, and, and I certainly, um, you know, uh, Councillor Young's comments about creating a mixed community um, with a variety of, of levels of income uh, being serviced within the same community. Um, in, our, in our opinion, it should be in different buildings because of the fact that then you can get, create economies of scale for the affordable units and, and actually operate them in a much more effective manner. Um, but within close proximity of each other, so you, you create a really diverse and mixed community um, that serves all, all levels of income. Uh, I am um, aware of the fact that there is um, a project planned close to us uh, at, at uh, 800R, which will have over 200 uh, affordable units. I don't know if that's, I, I don't think it's in with um, staff yet, which is why it's probably not on their radar yet. 
but it is a pretty significant uh, affordable housing project, which you probably would have noticed in the media. Uh, there was some news reporting about that uh, in recent months. And, and we see that kind of solution where you have, you know, multiple buildings servicing different um, different incomes level levels in close proximity to each other really is almost the ideal uh, because then you create that highly diversified community. Thanks for that perspective. I have no other questions. Thank you, Vice Chair Wallace. Next, we have Commissioner Boyd. Thank you, Chair. Um, Commissioner Wallace asked the question I was going to ask in regards to set aside and or percentage number of housing units for um, the service industry, i.e. low-income individuals uh, that make up over 520,000 um, folks here in Sacramento County, which is over one-third of the total population here in Sacramento County. But uh, as you just stated, the answer is not in this project, and you are a firm believer in mixed income uh, facilities within the same community, but not here in our building. Um, to that, let me ask, how many units have been set aside for the ADA community that makes up over 20% of the nation's population there in your building? Uh, that's a good question, and I don't have that stat right in front of me. Uh, give me one second. I just want to look it up. Uh, I can't recall whether it was 20 or 25% uh, of units that we were doing as, as ADA compliant. Uh, I apologize for not having that stat in front of me. Um, Zach, I wonder if you have that stat uh, maybe handy in the, in the staff document. Um. Zach, uh, Bruce, if, if I can uh, answer Commissioner's question, um, your question is actually regulated by state building code. So the, the state building code has the uh, stated minimum percentage requirement for um, disabled accessible units. And um, state code also states that all the units that are accessible um, by elevator um, can be counted in um, that number, i.e. that they don't all have to be on the first floor. They are typically scattered throughout the building, but state code controls the minimum number there. Right. Uh, thank you, Bruce. I appreciate that. Uh, I was hearing the voice and couldn't find you on the screen here at first. I'm like, who's talking? But uh, uh, thank you for that information. Uh, and to your point, as it's state regulated, um, Rian, uh, sorry if I'm mispronouncing, but oh, as, fantastic. As you stated, you don't have it, but perhaps one of your other colleagues do. Then, in fact, know the number of available units set aside for ADA. As Bruce just stated, accessibility means they having the uh, means, i.e. an elevator, to get to whichever floor and not just on the first floor. But uh, there is a number. Well, let me ask. Uh, maybe Bruce answered and I missed it. Let me, let, let me hold you for a second and ask Bruce, is there a number of actual apartments or housing units within a uh, development that are specifically set aside for ADA um, usage with the ADA compliant uh, apparatuses? Uh, there, there is a percentage required out of the total number of units 
um, they do not have to be held for a held empty until a disabled person rents them, but they have to be um, available when a disabled person wants them. And um, it, it also requires that any accessible floor have units that are adaptable so that beyond the fully compliant um, accessible units, there are other units, all, all other units have to have provisions for adaptability. By example, they have to have blocking in the walls for handrails. So if a person needs the handrails, they can be added um, within that bathroom. So uh, we have accessible accessibility compliant design units and adaptable units. Thank you for that, for the, especially the last sentence, because I was about to state, well, that is same way if I go to wherever and I go to park in an ADA compliant space and somebody else parks there and I'm, and they don't have a placard and I'm sitting here going, well, what on earth, why is there an ADA painted space? But uh, to Bruce's uh, uh, statement, thank you, Bruce, uh, back to Rian. The, so all of your units then are at the ready to become ADA um, apparatus compliant then, correct? Correct. Fantastic. That's, thank you very much. That, that, that was it. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Commissioner Boyd. I see that, um, Carlo Felix, you had your hand raised. Is, did you want to speak in relation to this issue? Yes, please. Thank you, Chair. I apologize when Commissioner Young asked a question, my mind went straight to private development applications with income restricted units. I do wanna confirm that uh, at 805 R Street, there is a development that is anticipated to start construction next year. It is a joint uh, development with CADA and mutual housing for 242 units. So uh, just about a block away from the project site. Thank you. thank you. I did say plan and propose. So I, that's a very understandable why you gave that answer. So thank you very much. Thank you, Commissioner Young, Commissioner Boyd, and Carlo. Next, we have Commissioner Pluckybong. Thanks, Chair. Uh, real quick, um, I did reach out to Mayor Fargo, and, and what she was trying to do was just reiterate, reiterate her written comments um, uh, about um, a need to uh, reach an agreement with Arch Nexus. Uh, opportunities to pro provide affordable housing um, and then some sort of an exchange um, for the, the density. So I just wanted to read that into the, the, the record. Um, uh, myself, I'm a supporter of the project. Um, I think the, the density is the benefit. I think we um, uh, are, are obviously in a housing crisis and need uh, this kind of product um, and every kind of product. Um, and I want to make sure, um, this is a question for staff, are there any conditions of improvement that would um, require uh, an agreement with Arch Nexus, Nexus for um, this project to move forward? So we do have a condition on there for, uh, for the applicant to initiate discussions with Arch Nexus um, related to the solar issue. Um, so there is a condition of approval on the project. Which condition is that? Which number? Uh, it would be C3. Thank you. I apologize. I was looking for it and uh, got distracted with the Zoom issues. Um, I uh, what I don't want to do is, um, uh, you know, we haven't had a, a larger discussion about how to deal with um, sort of competing uses around solar and, and um, solar shading and that kind of stuff. And what I don't want to do is, is suggest that um, as a city that every uh, 
future project is going to be required to, um, like the applicant said, make whole uh, existing projects with respect to their um, access to, to sunlight or anything else. Um, I think it's super generous that both of these uh, uh, property owners are working so collaboratively together, and that's that's great. Um, but what I want to make sure is that um, I'm just looking through this condition real quick. It, it, I mean, so it, it says the words like initiate. Is there anything in here that requires agreement, or is it just that uh, they essentially already met this condition? Uh, correct. Well, so in terms of the condition related to solar, um, that's we just the initiating the discussions is what staff um, is recommending on the project um, related to this issue. Carly, do you want to respond? If I can just um, expand a bit. Um, so the conditional approval found in C3 does identify and attempts to narrow down the specific case that we're taking a look at here where we have a building that has a certification through ILFI and they um, uh, and, and our desire to be able for them to be able to maintain that certification. The intent would not be to require that this type of condition be imposed on all developments that may impact some sort of uh, solar generation. Um, so my concern is twofold. One, um, so if within 90 days of approval, the applicant initiates the necessary, initiate an agreement, is initiate an agreement, uh, sign an agreement, or is that uh, initiate a conversation about an agreement? Based on what uh, ArchNexus and the applicant have um, described, they've already, this sounds like they're already in the process of completing this condition of approval. Okay. Uh, but, but I would also note that um, staff desire was for the applicant to make ArchNexus whole. So should ArchNexus desire to not proceed with photovoltaic panels, um, that would be okay. We would, staff would still support this application. Okay, so just, I, I just wanna make sure that we don't unnecessarily box ourselves in with the conditions. So if there's, a, I think we've captured at least part of that conversation in, in this, uh, in the record in this conversation. Um, okay, I'll, I'll be supporting the, uh, the motion, thanks. Thank you, Commissioner Pluckybaum. Commissioner Messias-Reed. Uh, well, thank you, Commissioner Pluckybaum. That was actually sort of, I wanted some clarification on that because really um, it sounds like, Rianne, um, uh, you guys are already moving in that direction. Honestly, this is a great example of, of you know, neighbors being able to work together through this. So, so kudos to you both. Um, and, and also, I'm sorry, I just wanted to mention because the 800 R Street affordable housing CADA project was mentioned. Michelle Smyra had mentioned as well that there was a, a mixed income project at 17th and S coming in the fold as well. Um, so so uh, some affordable housing coming into that area as well. So that's it, thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Macias-Reed. Next we have Commissioner Young. Yeah, just as a follow up for the planning staff, I know that um, you know in other jurisdictions, whenever there's a, a density bonus, um, that's given to a project, and, and as in the case of this, you know, other jurisdictions will look at providing some sort of affordability covenant, right? Restricting maybe 10% of the units at 80% AMI or one, one, nothing to, I mean, in some cases, I've seen 30% AMI in, in some jurisdictions, but, but that, that there's some effort to uh, extract some affordability in exchange for greater density and therefore, you know, greater revenue to the project. And so I'm, I'm sort of curious sort of what the planning staff's um, take is. I know it's, it's, this is sort of kind of an off the, the cuff question for the staff, but you guys are really smart. I mean, you guys know your stuff. So I'm, I'm really curious kind of what, what is 
staff sort of position and thoughts behind something like this as we think about the mixed income ordinance? Because I really like the fact that we are looking at increasing density uh, in, in this area. And, and I think that we are missing out on an opportunity to um, com compel, uh, um, use a tool for uh, affordability. And um, anyways, I'm, I'm just sort of curious. I see this all over the state in, in the work that I do. So um, I, I would love to hear the thoughts of the planning staff on that. Yeah, so I think uh, with, as it relates to this project, it's a little unique. This is not necessarily a density bonus in like the terms of like state law providing affordability to get that density increase. This is a conditional use permit um, because the project is specifically located within the Central City Special Planning District within a quarter mile of light rail in the RMX SPD zone. So it's a very unique project site that allows for that exceedance of 100 dwelling units per acre with a use permit. Basically saying that the city has looked to see that this is, you know, increased density is we want that at these types of sites. Um, so that's kind of why in terms of not providing affordability, because it isn't necessarily state law density bonus, it's more we are offering, you know, <clears throat> the, the chance to look at the use itself and see if it does make sense here. And, and I'm not referring to state density bonus law. I, okay. What I am referring is to the fact that if we are providing increased densities to developers that normally would not have received that density if they were going to propose a normal project and a housing project in this area, but now we are, as a city, kind of giving them incentive to build more um, and, and thereby kind of offer a greater revenue potential for new construction, um, you know, is there any thought of, of possibly overlaying that with some, some level of restriction, um, you know, uh, as a way of addressing our affordable, affordable housing need? Carlo, I saw you come on camera. Um, I, uh, I would just add that um, in this particular case, uh, what they are asking for is to actually defer all as, or excuse me, <laughs> part of the analysis that we've also done is the allowance through a CUP to go up to the allowable density and FAR allowed by the general plan, which has already been established for this area. So it was already, it was already somewhat contemplated for this particular site. And as staff does uh, discuss with potential applicants uh, their development applications, we do discuss with them uh, the possibility of income restricted units or um, means to allow for a wider variety of land uses. Um, but at this time, I'm not too sure how that interfaces with um, our other initiatives related to housing. Um, uh, as this commission is aware, there are several going on and that are still in progress. Yeah, I, I, the reason why is because I think you're you're allowing this project to exceed certain height limits, right? Which I'm equating that as density, right? So, so you're you're you know there there are different ways to skin the cat, right? The jurisdictions use there there's it's a density bonus in terms of units per acre, right? But in this case, the other way to attack this is through height, and so the city is allowing for a a, a you know going beyond whatever the height limits are, right? And so to me, I see this as a, a benefit that the city is awarding this developer uh, for improved density. And so, so that's why I'm, I'm I, again, I, I'm, I'm not trying to put you guys on the spot, but I am wanting to further this discussion because I think it is an important one that uh, we have time and time again 
just allowed ourselves to kind of just kind of move move past it because we want to see good projects happen. And I'm not opposed to market rate projects. I am not even implying that we want to impose restriction on this project. But I am saying that we are missing out on opportunities to have much more thoughtful, constructive, and compelling conversations to um, figure out affordability, especially in an area that we are, it is very clear that um, there is a market here for market rate housing and because developers are wanting to build here. And so if we are going to award increased densities in the central core and we are valuing trying to create greater opportunities for a variety of residents, I think this is a missed opportunity here that we are not seriously um, really um, discussing. So thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Young. Commissioner Pluckybaum. Chair, uh, just, I don't want to uh, belabor this, but would it be possible to hear from a representative from Arch Nexus that their understanding is the same as, as mine and, and staff's around this condition, C3? Um, I think Victor's still on, or if there's someone else that would want to speak. Um, I just I just want to confirm and clarify everyone's on the same page before we move past that. Because uh, uh, if not, I might, uh, well, let, let, let's see if, if there's someone that's able to, to answer that. Commissioner Pokemon, thank you. Uh, Madam Clerk, do we have somebody uh, from Architectural Nexus available? Um, Victor Burbank is still on the call, and I gave him the ability to speak. Yeah, I'm still on the I'm still on the call. Um, yeah, the I guess my the only reason I I wanted to sort of circle back around is um, the way that I guess uh, Commissioner um, Pluckabaum sort of characterized the discussion and that that Zach. Uh, responded to, um, Victor, the, Victor, we're having some audio issues. Can you please repeat that one more time? Yes. Uh, can you hear me? I can hear you now. Okay. So um, I guess the concern was just the way that, that Commissioner Pluckabaum sort of characterized the uh, you know, the, the approval uh, or the cities, I guess, position or the commissioner's position on approving the project um, uh, the the um, the information that we had gotten and kind of what we're working with anthem on is uh, I you know I'm I, I uh, uh, commissioner Pluckabaum said something about not not starting precedent and you know and and I can understand that um, the way that he seemed to uh, characterize this conditional use permit and how the city would support it based on them doing the things that Rion and we are working on, i.e. making us whole in terms of, of uh, photovoltaic generation. Um, it, I didn't quite get that from what the commissioner said. Um, I almost got something that was a, a much lighter version of that, I guess is what I'm trying to get to. So, Victor, what I want to understand is um, C3 uh, says that uh, you and the applicant have agreed um, voluntarily to, to this condition um, and that what it requires the applicant to do is within 90 days of approval, initiate an agreement with you that um, that, that makes you whole, right? Uh, so, the, so the applicants agreed to that. What what my understanding was is that we've that we've already pretty much crossed that Rubicon. Um, they've, they've initiated that agreement. You all are in, in the final stages of working that out. 
What I don't want to have happen is that for whatever reason, this project gets held up down the line because of this condition, uh, for whatever reason, right? Um, Rian, I see you chimed in there too. Did, did you want to respond? Yeah, I want to, I want to make it really simple. Um, the way I understood uh, the city's requirement was we're required to make an offer to uh, ArcNexus within 90 days, which basically meets the conditions of the, um, of the approval. If ArcNexus accepts that, that offer, then we're bound to, to execute on it because we, we have an agreement um, and then we have to execute on that agreement. Uh, and that's, that's where I think we are now. Um, we have made the offer to, to ArcNexus. They have accepted that offer. And, and so now we are, we are bound to, to execute on it uh, because, because we've, we've agreed to do this. Super clear. Thank you. Uh, Victor, is that also your understanding? Um, yeah, well, we're, we're, we're reviewing the offer and we're working through the language, the exact language of the offer. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that's essentially where we are at this point. Great. Thank you both. I, Chair, thank you for indulging me on this. I appreciate it. I really appreciate both of you working so collaboratively on this. I know these things can get a little hairy, so thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Pluckybaum. Seeing no further hands raised, uh, we have a motion by Commissioner Chase and a second by Vice Chair Wallace. Uh, Madam Clerk, will you please call the roll? Yes, thank you. Commissioner Boyd? Commissioner Boyd? Sorry, my screen just keeps dancing. But anyway, uh, user error, uh, aye. Commissioner Buckley? Aye. Commissioner Chase? Aye. Commissioner Coville? Aye. Commissioner Lindsay? Aye. Commissioner Macias-Reed? Aye. Commissioner Pluckybaum? Aye. Commissioner Yee? Oh, sorry. Just going down my list. Apologies. Commissioner Young? Aye. Vice Chair Wallace? Vice Chair Wallace? Oh, you couldn't hear me. Sorry. Aye. Right. Chair Hernandez? Aye. Motion passes. Congratulations to the team. Thank you very much to Zach and staff. Uh, we'll move on to our last item today on the public hearing agenda, which is item number eight, the Valley Shopping Center, P22-008. Commissioners, any disclosures or recusals? Vice Chair Wallace. Thank you, Chair. I met with the applicant and the applicant's representative with items consistent with the staff report. Thank you, Vice Chair. Commissioner Colville. Uh, the same for me. Thank you, Commissioner Colville. Commissioner Pluckybaum. Same. Thank you, Commissioner Yee. Same. Thank you very much, Commissioner Yee. Commissioner Lindsay. Same. Thank you. And Commissioner Chase. Yes, I had a, a Zoom meeting with the, uh, the applicant. Thank you very much. Um, I also received an email and a letter of support from the community organization, and I received an email from the applicant's representative, but I was not able to schedule a time to discuss the project. Um, and we have a staff presentation by Danny Evis. So Danny, whenever you're ready. I am ready. Um, good evening, Chair and members of the Commission. I'm Danny Abbas and the planner for this item. And there we go. Uh, it is a request uh, to improve the Valley Shopping Center located uh, at the northeast corner of Mac Road and Franklin Boulevard. 
The project entails aesthetic enhancements to existing structures, um, the construction of two new commercial buildings within the existing center's parking area and site improvements. The request requires commission approval of conditional use permits for automobile service and drive-through restaurant uses and site plan design review for the construction of the two new buildings, site improvements and architectural updates to existing buildings. Uh, staff received a letter of support from the Macro Partnership and multiple letters of support from com community members looking forward to the provision of jobs, convenient new services and support for existing businesses, including and especially the Food for Less grocery store. Uh, the project will also implement several suggestions from the Air Quality District, including additional tree shading, the use of cool pavement and roofing, building electrification, and the provision of electric vehicle charging stations. Uh, I also um, received a few late emails, uh, letters of support at whatever the appropriate time is, perhaps uh, at the end of my um, presentation or whenever is best, uh, I, can, I can share those. Um, <clears throat> staff supports the proposed development uh, since it will update the existing architecture, landscaping, and pedestrian amenities of the existing center, since it will occupy an urban infill site, provide services to nearby residents and business patrons, and create new local employment opportunities. Staff recommends the commission approve the project subject to the recommended conditions found within attachment three of the report. Uh, Ryan Hooper of the applicant team would also like to make a brief presentation. Afterward, both uh, staff and the applicant team would be available to answer any questions. And that concludes staff's presentation. Thank you very much, Danny. Ryan, whenever you're ready. Hi, thank you. Good evening, Chair Hernandez, members of the commission. Ryan Hooper with Batch and Hooper here representing the Valley Center uh, Shopping Center. Um, on behalf of CityVest, Michael Mossman is here tonight, as well as our engineering team from Tate, MCG, our architects, conceptual design and planning uh, company, uh, our landscape architect. Um, as I won't repeat anything that, that was just brought up by Danny um, in the interest of time, but I just wanted to highlight that I'm, we're proud that you know we've got an aging center that's got some vintage to it, and we've got two new uses that are really going to serve as a catalyst for improvements and renovations to the entire site as well as provide new amenities and services to this community as, as Danny indicated there's been numerous letters and support not only from the business community macro partnership but also for many many residents who who are welcoming these new uses the Dutch brothers the two restaurant uh, pad uh, sites as well as the quick quack um, this brings jobs it brings um, you know um, uh, improvement to this area it's much needed and the one thing that we are hearing from the community is that they are they're worried about losing this grocery store the grocery store uses are are not common in this area they they it's a very vital aspect of their community and they see the shopping center improvements these new uses is helping to ensure the future vitality um, and viability of that shopping center um, I can answer any questions that you have regarding Quick Black or Dutch Brothers, given the hour, I won't belabor the point, but I just wanted to reiterate the fact that we have broad community support. We're in accord with all of the conditions of approval, and our entire team is here to answer any questions you might have. Thank you very much, Ryan. So we'll move on to Commissioner Questions, and I see Commissioner Young with his hand raised. Yeah, uh, thank you, Mr. Hooper. Uh, Ryan, uh, what was the reason for um, needing to subdivide the property? Uh, uh, just sort of uh, typically it helps with financing um you, it's hard to get financing for a, a, a property if it's not subdivided so lenders often require that they have individual parcels for each use 
and so is the ownership going to a, a, a different owner or is it it's same owner but just kind of different entities that same owner the the, the owner is planning to to lease the, both of the parcels got it thank you thank you commissioner young commissioner boyd thank you uh thank you chair um i couldn't get my hand up fast enough because i was trying to remember but i did have a uh, conversation with the food for less owners representative via phone uh, just wanted to make sure i got that out there uh and now my my question is to um hold on let me increase my screen here because the uh closed caption is killing me mr hooper I missed part of my, my, my system glitched in regards to you stated uh, or in your presentation, you stated that what I heard was people are leery to use the shopping center, something of that nature. No, um, that's not what I said. What I said is that people are worried about the future vitality of the center, um, that they are concerned with the vacancies, some of the current tenants that they're excited to see this new use and these new services coming in to act as a catalyst to improve the overall center and ensure the future viability of that shop of the grocery store in particular. Thank you for that, because I was about to say um, that would almost make absolutely no sense because I actually shop at the uh, Food for Less and I'm quite aware of the center. And I believe the only vacancy is where the Denny's once was um, there. Uh, you may have, well, actually, I guess you would have the percentage, I don't want to say percentage, the available vacancies that are in the shopping center may be just the, again, the empty Denny's restaurant. But um, here's my question. We had um, what was visited before this commission was the uh, coffee uh, shop. But at that time, well, it came to us as a standalone. Uh, for the coffee shop. But what is being asked here is adding in a car wash. And out of the conversation I had with the Food for Less um, owner's representative is the concern of loss parking for their employees that do the overnight stocking um, for, for when they, whatever time they start. Of course, the obvious is, well, if the store is closed, there's nobody parks in the front parking lot, so they would use the front. But I believe the concern also for Food for Less is just having that available parking um, to where this project is seeking to go. Um, and one of the, uh, the uh, another concern was their signage where it sits now is going to be relocated and they were concerned where that relocation and signage would be indicating that if you didn't look up and see the uh, food for less on the building, where would their signage also be there on uh, uh, Mac Road, uh, close to Mac Road um, there at the lip of the uh, parking, uh, current parking structure, main parking structure. Sure, I'll hit those points for you. Um, with respect to the parking, there's an abundance of parking, as we've talked about on other recent projects that I've brought before you. One of the issues is what do you do with all of the excess parking that was planned long ago? Uh, this is a sea of asphalt. 
Um, I've been out there. The parking is is grossly underutilized, um, which is what gave rise to the idea of repurposing this parking area with some active uses um, to, to serve this community. Um, so I think with respect to parking, I, we don't see the need there. We do work closely with the with our tenant, the grocery store, Food for Less. Um, there's just even with the um, uh, with the proposed new uses, there is still just an, an absolute abundance of parking, and a lot of the parking will remain on the southern parcel because that'll be in conjunction with the future coffee shop and restaurant uses. Um, with respect to signage, any change in signage is going to undergo further staff review and approval as part of the sign application permit. Um, so that will be subsequent and that will be something that would have to honor all the rights and, um, and, and, and whatnot that the current tenant has under its lease with um, my client. And every conversation that we've had with Food for Less has been nothing but extremely positive and very, very um, pleased to see the proposal coming forward. Well, thank you. It's, it's uh, contrary to what I'm hearing, again, the representative of the owners versus hearing directly from the owners. Just, I wanna make sure I, uh, that is coming across clear. Uh, and what is, uh, I brought up just a moment ago in regards to a car wash, The uh, I saw the plans, but it kind of flashed on the, the seeking to divide the parcels into three, where exactly is the car wash gonna land? Um, we, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. bring up the, the map, the site plan that will show the boundaries of the parcel, roughly in the middle of the parcel that's being created for it though. Uh, let me make my screen. Oh, there we go. Uh, if you would cursor on the parking, I mean, uh, on the car wash, please. Thank you. And the coffee shop is where? It's the southern portion of the building on Pad 1. Okay, it's that corner. I got you. So, uh, so the ingress and egress for the car, uh, there won't be a change to the current egress and ingress, correct? All Coming of off of current, Franklin Boulevard. All of the current driveway curb cuts are existing and will remain the ingress and egress points. No changes there. Thank you. I appreciate your time, Mr. Hooper. Thank you. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Commissioner Boyd. Commissioner Yee. Thank you. Uh, a quick question for probably staff. Uh, it's my understanding from other uh, Dutch Brothers projects that we have seen that there is no intercom speaker system to order beverages or what have you. Uh, and that's been typical from all the Dutch brothers that I'm familiar with. However, in the future, should uh, the owners um, wish to put in a speaker's system, what is the process? Is it, does it go back through for approval at a staff uh, level or what would it take to to have a speaker system, intercom system uh, uh, approved. That is a good question. Uh, I believe that um, it may be subject to at least a site plan and design review entitlement. Um, it could actually, um, and any other staff that's available can correct me if I'm wrong, but in this case, it would probably uh, 
be a modification to the conditional use permit. And so it would undergo evaluation as to um, its potential impacts. But uh, you are correct that this particular um, uh, proposal does not include a speaker box uh, consistent with other Dutch Brothers. And, and I, I, that would have been my thought is that this is a modification of the conditional use permit at a staff level. This particular uh, um, location I'm not too concerned with there aren't residential uses that are very close. And I think that the, the dryer from the car wash would make the speaker minimum anyway uh, in comparison. So great, thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Yee. I see no other hands raised for questions, so we'll move on to the public comment period. I want to acknowledge that uh, the commission, uh, Commissioner Boyd. Uh, thank you, Chair. Uh, per Commissioner Yee's last uh, comment in regards to the noise um, uh, factor, um, um, uh, aggravating and or discomforting the, the local community, which is directly behind the uh, proposed area. Uh, to Mr. Hooper and to staff, how many negative and or uh, negative and or uh, supportive uh, positive comments have come from local um, the local neighborhood? I can speak to that, Commissioner Boyd. We've had probably close to a dozen people write in letters and emails that have been sent to your staff. Um, they have been very excited about the project, as I've noted. One of the reasons that I think the people most close to the project haven't had any concerns is we conducted a noise study as part of our project you know, application processing, engaged um, MD Acoustical. Uh, they did a noise study um, and they determined through their modeling um, as confirmed by your environmental planning staff that there was actually no impacts from a noise perspective to the neighbors to the north, which are the closest. The reason being primarily is there's a six foot um, CMU wall outside of the area by the tunnel where the dryers and the vacuums are located. And that did a sufficient job of bringing the decibels down below any kind of level of, of significance. And we did reach out to that entire neighborhood. Thank you for that last question, uh, which just, uh, again, I shop in, uh, sometimes through the, uh, at that store. The recycling center that's there in that parking lot now. Now, so, but again, just so nobody's um, uh, misguided, the recycling centers are the um, uh, transportation uh, train. Well, what do you call them? Uh, cargo uh, freight boxes that can be moved, you know, here and there uh, quickly. To that, what is the plan of, uh, and where will that recycling center that is used? by uh i'll say many individuals because each time i come to the grocery store there's always it is always in use where will that be relocated um just fyi unless the california uh, california law has changed any recycling mobile uh recycling center has to be attached to a grocery store and there are a lot of grocery stores that don't want that uh recycling um entity in their parking lot so has that um, conversation taken place? And if so, what has been the conclusion in regards to the recycling uh, center there at, at where the car wash is going? Commissioner Boyd, I can't answer that question. Um, I would defer to my client, Michael Mossman with CityVest. 
you may have more information on that. I know that it will be um, no longer located at the location where the power watch is being proposed. But Michael, can you speak to this issue? Yes, uh, we have that current tenant there now. Uh, they, like most of these operators, operate on a short-term lease. Um, so we have flexibility in the center to relocate them to somewhere else within the center. Um, we have ample open parking areas throughout a number of spots of the center. Uh, so we'll be able to accommodate them if they elect to stay here. Uh, thank you for that, Mr. Mossman. So it, uh, their lease is going to expire uh, within the time frame prior to the build or after the build, uh, the start of the um, construction of the car wash, if this um, uh, applicant proposal goes through? Usually, I don't know the exact tenant's expiration date, but usually, uh, from my experience, these tenants are typically on annual leases. Um, I'm not sure where this tenant currently is in their renewal cycle. Um, so I, I can't answer that exact expiration date right now question. Um, but uh, we'll be able, because of the design process and permitting process, uh, likely that renewal period will come up well before we get to a building permit here. I appreciate that. And last question. So it, in your eyes, if the current um, operator of the recycling center wishes to uh, continue their lease or start a new lease, then uh, you will grant that um, that lease for them to stay there in the, in the um, um, shopping center? Yes, yeah. we're, we're open to accommodate them in a new location in the shopping center. Fantastic. Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Commissioner Boyd. Um, so now we will reopen public comment period. Um, and then uh, just wanted to mention that um, staff, as, as staff mentioned, there was um, some supplemental material provided in the staff report uh, with some letters of support um, in terms of the e-comments. We have one neutral position who made some, some, some good points um, before 5.30 p.m. today, and there have been no additional e-comments after 5.30 p.m. today. So, uh, Madam Clerk, would you please queue up any public commenters that are wanting to speak on this item tonight? Yes, thank you, Chair. Our first speaker is Bishop Chris Baker. Thank you for the uh, time. I just want to congratulate City Best and uh, the owners there, because that store, which was originally a Rayleigh's, and I take pride in it because it was closed for 18 months, and I assisted Food for Less in uh, obtaining that building and making sure they hired the right people and everything went well. I assisted them in gaining three other buildings, and I had some concerns at first about the signage and various other things, but when I looked at the chart and, and worked with Food for Less and talk with them and I don't know if they're on the line now but they gave me permission to represent them tonight um I think it's going to be a great project when I walk through there and exercise I, I look at it envision it and I say we're going to get a mall over here that kind of looks like you're getting off 80 in the Roseville Galleria area and it, it's going to be great I, I can't wait till it gets there and I'm asking you all to uh, support this project and uh, give them the approval. It's gonna bring jobs. It's gonna uh, bring more folks into that area with the Dutch brothers, the quick quack. So I'm asking you all to approve it and, and it's gonna spruce up that area and that corridor right there. 
Thank you for your comments. Our next speaker is Daphne. Thank you very much, Madam Clerk and the commission. Um, I have a question. There was a note in there that stated that the water usage was not going to be um, piped in on Franklin and Mac Road. It was restricted from there and put to the lateral area. I wanted to know how that impacts the residents that are behind that area with concerns with water usage and, and uh, pressure. And then there's also a kidney center that's um, right across the street from there. Is there gonna be any concerns with contamination of water usage? Uh, we have a lot of homeless encampments in there as well. We have a gentleman that just parked a car right on Tangerine. It has been there for about a week. And there's a lot of folks that are living underneath that bridge that's right outside the tire shop. So I'm a little concerned as a resident in this neighborhood. We were also uh, told that we were notified. Um, I live around the corner from this location, did not get any notification of this except for what I just saw on the um, agenda. And I happen to go through agendas pretty thoroughly. Uh, the footprint <clears throat> of the two locations, especially the car wash, looks like it does encroach a little bit on the parking structure for Food for Less. Have you made sure that that's not gonna impact the business flow for Food for Less? Um, other than that, um, it is gonna help, I think, a lot of traffic come through that area. And I don't know if you have accommodated uh, the inbound and, and outbound within that center based on the volume and usage in that center. So I just want you to kind of review that a little bit more and make sure that the footprint is not as, as maybe it needs to be a little bit smaller than what I'm seeing. So that was just something, a concern that I'm seeing. But other than that, thank you very much for allowing me to speak. Thank you for your comments. Chair, we have no additional speakers. Thank you very much. The, we'll close the public comment period and bring the discussion back to the commission. Commissioner, any additional questions or comments or motions? Commissioner Macias Reed. I'd like to make a motion to move staff's recommendation for approval. Thank you. We have a motion to approve by Commissioner Macias-Reed. Uh, I see Commissioner Chase. Uh, thank you, Chair. Um, as an architect, having designed shopping centers for 20 plus years, um, one of the things I typically do when a project comes before us is that I, I look at a I Google map at first and just see what the site looks like before driving down there. And oftentimes before even looking at the proposal that's coming in. When I did, when I Googled the site, uh, I, I immediately jumped at the, there were two locations just shouting for new pads. And of course, that's what ended up being in the proposal. Um, back to, somebody mentioned a comment about parking uh, issues with the, with the supermarket. Uh, typically, rule of thumb is if you take the two sidewalls of a market and you extend those out to the street, to the front of the street, that area is sacrosanct. The developer cannot build any building within that uh, envelope there. That has to be clear for visibility. Beyond that, uh, where these pads are uh, proposed is exactly where they should be proposed. So um, uh, with that, uh, I will also um, I will second the, the motion. 
Thank you. We have a motion and a second to approve staff recommendation and move the project forward. I don't see any additional hands raised from commissioners for comments. And so with that, uh, we all like the, if the clerk could please call the roll, please. Thank you, Chair. Commissioner Boyd. Uh, excuse me, aye. Commissioner Buckley. Aye. Commissioner Chase. Aye. Commissioner Coville. Aye. Commissioner Lindsay. Aye. Commissioner Macias Reed. Aye. Commissioner Plakibaum. Aye. Commissioner Yee. Aye. Commissioner Young. Aye. Vice Chair Wallace. Aye. Chair Hernandez. Aye. Motion passes. Thank you very much. Thank you. Congratulations. Um, so our next item is commissioner questions, ideas, and comments. Commissioners, does anybody have any uh, comments or questions or ideas? I see Commissioner Pluckybaum. Thanks, Chair. Uh, for the clerk, I reviewed the um, instructions for public participation uh, after uh, Mayor Fargo was struggling. And um, there, there is not directions in those instructions to try and help folks um, manage the multiple different sources of sound when they're watching on the browser and participating in Zoom. So if there's something we can do to improve those instructions, that would be great. Thanks. Thank you, Commissioner Pluckybaum. Commissioner Lindsay. Uh -huh. Thank you, Madam Chair. Um, as some of you may know, this is my last commission meeting. Um, I'm at the end of my second term. Uh, I'm a council member appointee, and my council member was just sworn in as our state senator, District 8. So, you know, it has been um, truly an honor and a privilege to represent District 1 and Natomas and it's such a it's it's such a great collaborative process in looking at development not just in the districts we represent but the city as a whole uh, with our commission with our planning staff which are are great it's been a, a pleasure working with our planning staff and working with the public so um uh and I also want to give a little shout out to Commissioner Pluckybaum because, um, as I have noted before, um, my technology expertise um, only goes as far as pushing buttons. <laughs> so if you tell me how something operates, I can push the buttons. But there were several occasions where I couldn't get into Zoom. And thank you, Phil, for taking my panicked texts and helping me navigate through so I could get into Zoom, Zoom and uh, participate in some of these meetings. So um, it's been a pleasure working with all of you. And um, that's all. Thank you, Commissioner Lindsay. I do want to um, take the time to say thank you so much for your service, your, your voice and your advocacy for the Natomas and North uh, Sacramento area has been so special and valuable. I've learned a lot. I appreciate all of your perspective, your insight, um, and and everything that you've brought um, to the commission um, and definitely learned from you as um, when I was a new commissioner as well um, and how you uh, you uh, frame your 
your responses and your comments. Um, so we will definitely miss you and, and hope that you stay involved in other ways. Um, thank you. Thank you so much, Commissioner Lindsay. So, uh, now, if I might just add a one, one other thing. Um, you know, it's not very often that you get to live in an area where you see it develop from the ground up. And um, a lot of us moved here uh, 20, 22 years ago. And except for a few houses, there was nothing. <laughs> there was nothing here except the, except the arena. And um, it's a very different experience. Um, you know, I, I lived in, I came to Sacramento in 1984. I lived mainly in the county at that time and everything was already developed, but moving to, uh, as I say, the Phoenix rising um, to see how an area develops with a plan. Um, it was a highly, highly uh, developed plan for, for what the city wanted to see. Um, it was, they called it a new form of, of uh, live work. And um, so we're still struggling to make that a reality, but um, it, it was, it's a very interesting experience to see an area that was mostly rice fields <laughs> become part of the city. And um, one, of, one of the things um, early on is people did not realize that Natomas, even, even the south part of Natomas, were part of the city. So um, I hope you all take that into consideration when you're looking at, at plans coming in uh, for Natomas and District 1 and District 3. Um, we are part of the city. So anyway, it has been an absolute pleasure and uh, thank you. It's been our pleasure too, Commissioner Lindsay. Um, Commissioner Boyd. Well, I think the first thing I'll say, um, I concur with Commissioner Lindsay's uh, words in uh, regards to technology. Um, as witnessed by all on numerous occasions, especially today. But with that, um, um, my sincere uh, gratitude and appreciation for Commissioner Lindsay, as well as our other departing commissioners due to circumstances beyond their control, redistricting. And um, it is a um, what is the line? Um, I didn't redistrict. Redistricting landed on me, uh, stealing a phrase from a movie, and uh, um, as I see, feels quite familiar with. <laughs> but uh, with that said, the uh, uh, um, uh, I'm just going to go through real quickly here with with um, Commissioner Plucky Bomb. I swear, dude, you must have went to Evelyn Woods classes in speed uh, speaking. I'm like, what did he just say? I'm a slow listener, so that compounded the issue. But uh, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I won't uh, throw age uh, into that factor. But uh, Phil, in fact, he he reached out first, was the first commissioner to reach out to me. And to that, I, I know because I, I never answered him back. Um, it, it was just simply nothing personal. I, I've got a list of folks um, 
to respond to emails, books to read that the table is about to bow uh, in regards to uh, me catching up. But uh, uh, to Commissioner Lindsay, Commissioner Plucky Baum, uh, to Commissioner uh, Macias Reed, it's been fantastic. No, we don't all agree on, uh, I was about to say half of the issues. <laughs> Let's go with 90% of the issues, but we are all uh, um, entrenched in our way of thinking to which we feel is the best for the population of the city. And so we're, we're all strong-willed and henceforth, we are all here. Um, I don't believe I'm missing anybody, but I believe Commissioner, oh, Commissioner Yee have, I think this is your second term as well, or this is your first term. I'm trying to remember who, who I thought there was a fourth commissioner that won't be with us, but it's just the three of you. Oh, Commissioner uh, Colville. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, Commissioner Yee. Uh, my, my term expires too. That's okay. I, I, I thought I saw your name. Wow. So it's 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 uh, a quintet of uh, individuals that that will won't be here unless uh, they change residences. But with that, uh, Commissioner uh, Yee has been that that um, Zen master esque commissioner that just waits and waits and waits and let everybody get it out of the way and like okay guys you didn't bother to ask about the which only comes from uh, his years as a uh, professional in his field of architecture and the the questions to know and the uh, right questions to ask as uh, um, bob uh, commissioner chase does as well for those of us who just look at something and go yeah uh, and go, yeah, the, the grammar is slipping in this uh, 10 o'clock at night, so I will wrap this up. Um, um, just look at something and go, that doesn't look right. Or, you know, change this or change that. Their professionalism is fantastic. And it has been a pleasure uh, to all the commissioners. And the mild manner commissioner uh, uh, chair, when I came in, uh, uh, Commissioner Koval, who, as you see, um, his business is next door to one of the, the flagship uh, or prominent uh, cannabis uh, businesses in Sacramento. And I won't say that has anything to do with his mellowness. It's, that is just his persona. <laughs> I'm just throwing a little jab at him, but uh, it's been fantastic. And then Commissioner Colville, <laughs> I got you. Uh, Commissioner Colville um, um, coming in as where you were chair is just even kill. I mean, this guy just didn't get ruffled. I'm like, well, okay then. But to all that, commissioners, it's been fantastic. And I know we'll be seeing each other in uh, a, dis a, a, a different uh, sphere one way or another. It's been great. Thank you, Commissioner Boyd. Commissioner Colville. Thank you, Chair. You know, and I, I, uh, I know all this, a lot of us are leaving, but it, I think it's going to be, a, you know, given that these elections just happened. Some of us may be staying on for a little while to fill in until it all works out. So, uh, but it sounds like uh, Commissioner Lindsay may be leaving sooner based on what she said. Um, Correct. So I, want, I just want to address, address you and say that, uh, um, yes, I, I think out of all of us, 
the biggest things that happened were in your district. <laughs> and uh, you had to put up with so much of it. And I appreciate you so much. You, you taught me so much. Um, and uh, I appreciated working with you and along with everybody else. And I think you did a fantastic job for your district. Well, thank you very much. And I always appreciated your words of wisdom um, at our meetings. And uh, it's been a pleasure. So thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Colville. Commissioner Buckley. Uh, thank you, Chair. I just want to express my appreciation to all the outgoing commissioners. Um, I've learned a ton from you all. Um, unfortunately, because of all the distance, it's mostly just been from watching you all operate uh, so gracefully and thoughtfully in this space. Um, but I've, I've gotten a lot even from that. And so um, I just really appreciate you all, um, uh, Commissioner Lindsay, um, you know, I definitely think of Natomas differently than I did coming into this. That'll stick. You've sown those seeds. Thank you. <laughs> um, so that'll that'll live on. Um, and then I just want to, um, you know, uh, also thank uh, Commissioner uh, Macias Reed for her work as chair, uh, and um, also um, Commissioner uh, Plucky Mom. Um, for uh, being a real resource for me as well. Sounds like we all uh, text uh, Commissioner Fluckbaum <laughs> in times of need. Um, so just really appreciate um, you being so accessible and so helpful in my time here. So thank you all, um, appreciate you all very much. Ditto to everything Commissioner Buckley said. Commissioner Chase. Thank you, Madam Chair. Um, I, I specifically wanted to, in addition to the, uh, all of the other commissioners who are going to be leaving, but particularly uh, Commissioner Lindsay, since this will be her last night, uh, I really want to thank her for her calm, thoughtful, uh, thorough approach to everything that came before her. And uh, it's, it's, it's really, it was a lesson to me. I'm also going to miss the fact that uh, she and I, while we come from such disparate districts, District 2 and District 1, if you will, uh, we had some things in common, and I was looking forward. Uh, unfortunately, the uh, ad hoc uh, issue, you know, went away. I was really looking forward to working on traffic and transportation uh, issues with her because we both had similar situations in our in our districts. Um, public transportation that was going to solve everything, and so we could, but but it's not going to happen for probably five or ten years. And so to impose, uh, you know, parking requirements or you know loose requirements on areas like that was going to have an effect so i, I i'm sorry we won't have uh, that uh, going forward but but i do want to thank you for your your, your careful input and uh, i i recall uh, also some of the difficulties with uh, natomas when i was uh, uh, a chief building official for the city it was during the uh, the flood moratorium Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I had to deal with everybody wanted to build. You could not do anything. Sorry. You want to build something? Fine. Your first floor is going to have to be 18 feet above grade because that was a flood elevation. So obviously nothing happened for quite a few years in Thomas, And there was a lot of pent up frustration from a building standpoint. Many developers, other needs, you know, that had to go in. Uh, school districts even uh, could not move forward without uh, approval. So thankfully that uh, has ended and we've got the, you know, levy. Uh, uh, approvals to, to move forward. So anyway, I, I thank you for your uh, influence on me since I've been, I guess I'm still the newbie on my commission. I'm not sure, but it's just hard to believe that. It seems like years and years have gone by. 
But uh, thank you for your, your influence, uh, Commissioner Lindsay. I wish you well in your future endeavors. Thank you. Thank you very much. And um, uh, commit, uh, District 1 and uh, District 2, um, I use the Arden Garden Connector all the time. Yep. So. <laughs> yeah, same here. <laughs> that makes us neighbors. Yeah. Thank you, Commissioner Chase. Commissioner Young. Commissioner Lindsay, I just want to just thank you for your service. And, you know, you are one of those commissioners that I, you know, uh, observed from afar and, and just used as a model for, for myself and just trying to be able to serve my community well. You're very thoughtful, um, meticulous, uh, passionate, uh, but you love your community. And um, it really just shows. I really wish I, I had the opportunity to, to just get to know you more, have lunch with you and uh, alas, COVID kind of put a hamper on that, but I, I really wish you luck in all your endeavors, but I just wanted to let you know how much of a blessing you've been to the city and, and to, to all of us here, and uh, we've learned so much from you, and so we hope that, uh, you know, whatever uh, we've learned, passion, as well as the values that you brought to the table, that we'll be able to continue that on uh, here with the work. No, thank, thank you very much. Thank you, and all the best to you. Thank you, Commissioner Young. Vice Chair Wallace. Thank you, Chair. Um, I want to echo a lot of what folks have already said for Commissioner Lindsay. Um, you, you do provide a really excellent template for us newbies to follow. And it's unfortunate that we've never gotten to meet in real life. And so I hope that that happens at some point. Um, I, I really, I, 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 um, I've often had like sort of like a, you know, city suburbs kind of uh, disdain for Natomas. <laughs> and um, I, you know, that's years ago, because I also moved here 20, 22 years ago. Um, and over the years, I've watched Natomas grow and become like a really tight knit community. And um, really seeing that reflected in your advocacy has been um, really helpful and really encouraging. And I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that everyone here um, takes that lesson from your advocacy. Uh, and then I also wanted to like tease Phil Pluckybaum because um, this is kind of a bookend moment for the two of us. Uh, we both were appointed to the redistricting committee <laughs> for the city in 2011. And so we've been having a lot of uh, conversations about the trajectory of the city for a really long time. And Phil's uh, guidance and leadership on the mission has been uh, sort of invaluable and his institutional knowledge will definitely be missed. So thank you to you both. Well, certainly. Thank you, Vice Chair Wallace. Commissioner Yee. Thank you. And uh, I want to uh, re uh, agree with uh, all the comments made, uh, Lynn, uh, about your knowledge, your passion, and your commitment to, uh, to your district. And uh, it's getting late, so I'll just say we'll we'll see each other soon. I'm I'm sure. So I'm sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Commissioner Yee. Commissioner Pluckybaum. Chair, I, I wasn't going to chime in, but uh, as this may be my last meeting, we'll see. Um, uh, I, I did want to say. Thank you to all of you um, uh, for all the, the things that you do for our city. Um, it is uh, cliche, but true that, you know, the, the thing that we uh, take away from these types of experiences, in addition to 
all the learnings and everything else or the friendships that we make. And and I, for one, have been fortunate enough to make uh, several, I think, lifelong friendships uh, and, in, and including uh, commissioners uh, Ogilvy and, and Juan Connolly that uh, both left us this last year. This is a lot of change for this commission in, in one year. I think, um, you know, those of you that are that are staying on, uh, think about how to reach out to those new commissioners and help them and support them, not just tech support and all, all the ways. Uh, and, and you know, the rest of us aren't going far, right? So, if, you know, if, if ever there's a, a need, you know, we're happy to, to, to step back in. Um, you know, one of my favorite song ly lyrics is, uh, where does the time go? Uh, you know, and it's getting late. I'm, I'm going to tell one quick story, but I'm going to ask uh, Stacia and Courtney to just cover your ears a little bit for this part. When I first met Stacia, she was giving uh, commissioner briefings and, you know, she, she says, you know, so you're in this quasi-judicial role and you can't prejudge items before before you vote. And I said, well, that's fine, but I've already prejudged one. And she goes, what's that? <laughs> and I said, well, you know, you have to vote to extend a meeting past 1030 and I'm not going to do it. And she like yeah, right rolled her eyes last right okay very funny and I tried several times like we had these meetings that would go till like midnight one o'clock you know six eight years ago they were always going late and uh, of course I'd cave right because you've got applicants there and you can't you know you got to do the work but uh, as we quickly approach ten thirty I'm reminded again like you know there I think it's you've done a pretty good job of keeping these meetings at a civilized hour so you know good on us thank you all though seriously it's been a it's been a real honor and a privilege to do this. Super appreciate that, Commissioner Plucky Bomb. We'll definitely miss you as well. Commissioner Chase. Yeah, I, I think a question for, um, I'm sorry to hear about all of our folks uh, leaving because I know we've had quorum challenges in, in the past, uh, in a fairly recent past. I guess a question from Stacia is that how, how will this work going forward? We've heard that Commissioner Lindsay is leaving. This is her last meeting tonight. Um, will anyone be extended until a new appointment is made, Stacia? Or how, how, how are you seeing this uh, play out? Yeah, um, commissioners who term out can remain in service until they're replaced. Um, but obviously, that's at your discretion. Mm. Uh, and that's why you've been receiving those panicky emails from me about like, oh, my God, are we going to have issues with quorum? But my understanding is that the clerk's office is working with the incoming council members to assure that there are new appointments, I believe at the first meeting in January. So if all goes according to plan, then the new um, commissioners would be seated in time for the January 12th meeting. So we'll see how that goes. Is it, it anticipated that we would have a full commission at that point, Stacia? No, we would still have um, the PMPE vacancies the one that that Joe is kindly staying on in right now, and then the two other vacant professional positions, which of course the, are still open um, and recruiting until the end of the year. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Commissioner Colville. Uh, just one more thing. Um, you know, when I got on this, wow, what a learning process it was. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I've been here 10 and a half years, but Commissioner mm -hmm. Yee has gone way, way, way longer than that. <laughs> and, um, like somebody said earlier, I think it was Commissioner Boyd, but, uh, this guy has so much to offer, but he waits till the end. <laughs> Colombo. <laughs> so uh joe yeah i just wish you would 
told me some of this stuff at the beginning. So you have so much to offer, <laughs> but we appreciate you so much. Truly, truly, Commissioner Coville. Commissioner Yee. I uh, wanted to remind Bill of his commitment that I bought into to ride our bikes to a commission meeting at City Hall. So not sure when that's going to happen. And I don't think that we need actually to be uh, serving commissioners to fulfill that uh that, that commitment and we'll be there as keen observers and uh, commentators. Uh, so whenever we get back or whenever, you know, the commission gets back to City Hall, February, March, somewhere, uh, perhaps we'll show up. And I'm told that uh, Phil has extended that to include uh, not just traditional bikes, but e-bikes too. So we're good to go. Are you, are you just curious? Are you guys going to be heckling us? Not too much. <laughs> yes. I'm in, Joe. I'm in. <laughs> if not a, a commission meeting at City Hall, then like we'll set you after. Um, any additional comments, questions? That feel, I feel the love here and appreciate all of you so much. Um, we will move to our last item. Public comments, matters not on the agenda. Madam Clerk, are there any members of the public? Yes, thank you. We do have one hand raised. Our speaker is Daphne. Commissioners, I just wanted to thank you all for your service. Those who are retiring, thank you. Um, I have a question concerning angle parking. We are making a request to have that done down in District 5 at one of the locations. And I needed to get some direction from the Planning Commission on who we would go through to do that with it was, if it was in District 5, who's the representative that we would work with. Thank you for your comments. Um, Stacia, is there somebody that we can identify for her or follow up with her? Yes, um, Daphne, if you'd like to go ahead and email me your contact information, I'm on the agenda under the director's report. I can um, get you a contact person in, it would be in the public works department. Thank you for your comments, Chair. We have no additional speakers. Thank you, I see Commissioner Pokemon with his hand raised. Sorry, I meant to say this earlier, one final parting thought. Uh, as we've learned, we can't all be both chair and vice chair, uh, but if you take turns and you have a generous chair like I did, uh, vice chair can be fun too, and everyone can be one or the other, but not both, right? Uh, so uh, I recommend to the, the folks who are sticking around, think about taking a turn at one or the other, trying to give everyone a chance to do one or the other, and then and then you get, you get that. Anyway, thank you all. Thank you, Commissioner Pluckybaum. Um... Well, that concludes today's agenda, everybody. Thank you so much for your participation. I know it's late. Have a wonderful holiday season. Happy New Year. We'll see you in 2023. The time is 10:19. and the meeting stands adjourned. Thank you so much. Thank you all. Good night. Bye. Bye.